Dinah might lend a cheer Either when she is strong Now the days are quite long All along sing the open song Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Live from the Kill House. Sally here. British Open, UK British Open, presented by Her Majesty the Queen. Sunday recap. DJ Pie is here in the studio. Hello, Deej. Greetings. Hello. How are you? Calling in from our remote locations. We got TC. Hello, TC. Hello. I'm in the mitten. He's way up north. We got uh, Big bad. Randy. Big Randy is here. Hello, Randy. Hello, gentlemen. How are we today? What a day. Most important questions have been flowing in. Is is Morikawa the kid? Like we're gonna, I think we're going to have to get to that. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to John Rahm's week here a little later in the show. But a quick reminder about what was in his bag that charged up the leaderboard that cost me a berth into the Fantasy Golf Championship. Uh, not going to be bitter about that and bring it up many times throughout the show. He had an Epic Speed Driver, X-Forged Utility Driving Iron, Apex TCB Irons, Jaws Forged Wedges, a Chrome Soft X Golf Ball, and uh, on the greens, he's using an Odyssey White Hot OG Rossi Putter. Just about the same setup he used to win the U.S. Open in June. Do you want to get in something? Do you want to get something in? <laughs> it's just so sick that this is the ad read, and John Rob played so well today that it cost Zolly like fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> It's just, like, it's just, it's, it's just wild. Almost certainly more than that. He, and now he has to do an ad read about it. Uh, <laughs> he got plenty of airtime this week, so now we got we got a full view of the Travis Matthew and Quater gear. He's been wearing the heater polo, Travis Matthew's best-selling open-to-close pant, and the Quater wildcard shoes and leather. Uh, we also saw Dylan Fratelli rocking some Quater shoes. I believe those were the money makers. Um, if you could notice uh, the Callaway limited edition open championship bag their players were using this week, uh, it's over on Callaway Golf Instagram. You have a chance to win one uh, until Monday night Pacific. So go check that out on their Instagram. And lastly, quick shout out to Callaway Golf staff professional Ed Perino from Eagle Rock Resort. Took home medalist honors in the Pennsylvania Open Qualifier at Chambersburg Country Club. So congratulations to Ed. We'll have a full topic on this later in the show. Guys, I just want to say uh, Ron went on a heater, didn't open well, closed well. Ooh. And uh, and and kept Sully from being the money maker. He was too. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I have not cut out for the fantasy golf life, man. <laughs> I, I would just just out from from the other side of the house. My wife would just hear a distant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is everything okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, Rob totally has made fine. another birdie. Gosh, so I'm, I'm sure Sully, that's where everyone it makes wants you to feel better. Mike Wallace cost me 16k, so. I hate what we've turned into. That this is how we're opening the show. After I hate the, that guy. Open championship. Really hate that. So is Morikawa the kid? Uh, I don't think he's the kid. He's not the kid. I don't think he's the kid. I think he's truly like he's too polished. Yeah, the kid has to be. If you're going to be the kid, you got to be a little more dangerous. You got to be living. We we heard Bryson mention this phrase. I've been using it all week, but you got to be living on the razor's edge. <laughs> if you're if you're the kid, you got to be like kind of the whole point of being the kid is uh, just really pretending like you're one of the adults when you're not quite there. Morikawa is an adult. He he is, he's the he might be the man. Yeah, honestly. that's a good one. He might be the dude at this point. He would just to pu- just to push back a little there, DJ. Though I, not the kid with his play, but when he started emceeing, yes, at the trophy. Yes. Ceremony, that's the closest like, oh, he's he ever could been. Be the kid. <laughs> yes, yeah, he was starting to feel himself a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, he, so. He said something along the lines of like, gosh, I can't. It seems like just two years ago, I was an amateur in your spot. It's like, no, you literally were an amateur <laughs> like two years ago. Uh, also, all more cow guys. 
It's had, like two years ago we were watching him in Reno. I was thinking about that. He was doing. He was on a sponsor exemption in Reno, an opposite field event. Uh, he would go on to win that, and he's now won five times professionally since turning pro two years ago. Mention this on Twitter. Many people forget he should be in grad school. He very well should be. He, he should be, be in an MBA program. He could right be getting now. prepped for an MBA program at Perhaps the moment at the at the Bill Haas School there. <laughs> exactly. <Cal Berkeley. laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, the, the, the J the J Haas School. It's just the, that. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course. A, a rare feat of not the in the same uh, Grand Slam year, but winning two majors within a year, uh, being yeah. in a weird kind of calendar thing we've got going on this year. And uh, this one was, I said this on Twitter, but it was like, there's something to a definitive winner of a championship. Like the PGA, he obviously went out and got it and played better than everyone, but it was such a scramble there at the end. It was kind of like, all right, whoever's going to get hot is going to end up winning this thing probably by like one. And this was like, nah, pretty much from the middle of the front nine yesterday until the end. It was just, it was class. No bogeys yeah. coming in down the stretch of a major championship. And he's 24 freaking years old in his first <laughs> open. Like that's just, was it like the most exciting ever? No, but like, was that like just class championship golf? That's what that was. I got, I got revved up on the back nine. I, I was obviously rooting for Spieth and we'll, we'll talk plenty about Spieth, but this will be a rare one where I think we can't even, we can't start with Spieth no matter how, uh, you oh, know, we no, can. no matter how much we might want to. Uh, but no, I, I was with you a little bit. It, it felt like it started a little slow and then I was just completely like Morikawa just blew my doors off today. That that was like, <laughs> I could not be more impressed with every single aspect of what he did. It, it was it was a masterclass. Does anybody miss watching putts on like twelve and a half stimping greens with like super lush greens? Anybody miss that this week? Was that a big? I think that helped him out. For yeah. Sure. Oh, for sure. Like, you know, uh, like somebody texted me, uh, a friend texted me and he was like, Hey, like, you know, you think he misses one of these, like the, the four or five footer that he had on, what was that 14 or 15? He had a couple um, of them coming in. He hearted yeah. all of them. Like they were all yeah, dead I mean, center. Not to take anything away from him, but yeah, I mean, it, like it's not the same greens that he's missing a two and a half footer on at colonial or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he putted lights out and yeah, I mean, I think it was, it was actually good on some of those holes. He was, he was, 12, 15, 20 feet away and could give it an aggressive stroke. He's not playing defense, right? He's trying to trying to get the ball in the hole, to the hole, past the hole. Yeah. I just think it, golf, put, watching putting on greens like that is way more fun than even, you know, we talk a lot about the shot making and stuff that goes into links golf, and that's that's pretty obvious, but I would rather watch greens play like that. I, I, I struggle to probably explain why, but I just don't love having like everything be do like I have to go in die speed like this was kind of like a go get it and you're not like sitting on a razor's edge if I may borrow a phrase <laughs> from you on every five footer yeah okay well, um, it just allows so many more cool hole locations yes. too I mean you know I know the guys were bitching about yesterday I thought yesterday very was lightly fantastic. one very guy lightly. was one guy Louis and he didn't end up winning that was a sign of no, things but to some come some of the guys were bitching privately about it no, you know I just thought that was you know. Listen, it's a major championship. It's a psychological test. You know? I, I had that on my notes to definitely talk about whenever we get in the cor into the course, but there were so many good examples of, like number two was a great example of a pin that was right, they're, they're just right next to those little valleys and little fall-offs, and you got to really decide which side of the hole you're going to be on. We saw Jordan and Louie both miss on the wrong side on number two. They both got it up and down, but pretty dodgy little little spots to be early in the day. Number 12 was right next to one of those, those same ones. And yeah, if, if the greens are the normal speed that we see week to week, like you can't see those pins and that is kind of what decides the championship. Right. And, and that's where Morikawa really on 
uh, was it 15 where he pulled it left and was short-sided? I mean, that to my memory, I'm sure he had a couple others, but I can't think of any other times where he was on the wrong side of the hole. You know what I mean? That was he that's did on why 10. It, he went long right yeah, on yeah, 10. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, and got but, just hit, just drained another cr- crazy. That the two putts, the putts on three putts, the putt on 10, the putt on 14, the putt on 15 were like really the only what ifs available yeah. today. And it was very unlikely he would make all three of those, but he poured them in the dead center of the hole. So, Randy, what do you got? What what stood out to you today? Just a master class. I, I think it was um, just really, really, really proper golf. Um, he, he announced his present. TC, I thought your tweet today uh, talking about how Colin and Jordan are going to show up and thrive at a lot of the same venues and types of courses was an excellent one. Uh, that got me very excited because – you know, if the cliche is styles make fights, then sign me up for as many Morikawa v. Spieth fights as uh, those two will possibly allow us because I, I just think they, they're they similar and they contrast in, in really interesting ways. Um, so I thought, you know, watching watching Jordan try and try to, to make a run there uh, on, the, on the back nine, it, it was just a wonderful day of golf. I don't find myself, and I'm not to transition this to speak, and we can get back to Colin. I I don't find myself kicking kicking myself as if I have something to do with it. I don't. I'm not like I'm not super anxious about this speed finish, right? I mean, this feels like a deserved second place finish. Didn't feel yeah. like he played good enough, quite good enough to win. I'm not kicking myself over the bogey bogey finish on 17 18 yesterday. Uh, it it the, was very inconvenient timing and all that, but like he was beat by Colin. Like that was pretty clear. I'd say the only counter to that bacon. Uh, tweeted this as I was kind of moseying over here, but he said, quote, the thing I keep going back to about those closing bogeys for Spieth on Saturday is that a par-par finish would have bumped Morikawa out of the final pairing and put Jordan in the final pairing with Louis, uh, which I guess I, I didn't hear what he said, but I guess Jordan mentioned made that same point in the yeah. post-game afterwards. And who knows? You know, I, I don't think it's not like Morikawa was looking super flappable. I don't know if, no. if it was the kind of situation where Jordan's going to like hang up a, you know, run him down or, or something, but it, you know, that's the only thing I would say about those last two bogeys, I guess. I'd be a lot more worried about, I mean, I, I, first of all, I think Spieth isn't all the way back yet, right? We're still nursing him back to health. We're still, we're still. He's close. He's got to be close. He's close, but like he was saying it himself in the post game. He was, he was saying like, hey, like I'm still working on some stuff. I've still got some scar tissue that I'm knocking off that I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to hit certain shots under pressure that I haven't yet since I've kind of been back. Um, so I think, you know, I think he'll, he'll be, fully up and fully operational come, you know, come March, you know, February, March, April next year. But I would be more worried about the two bogeys, like a, a bogey on four and the bogey on six than I would the, the bogeys on 17 and 18 yesterday. The yeah, bogeys was, on four and six today were, were not good. The fact that he was starting the day three back and hit what, like one of his first six greens. Yeah. Like that. I ain't gonna get it done. Probably that's why I'm. It just yeah. felt like it. It wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Like I. I, I but then I again, know, like maybe if run. he's in the final group, you know, uh, or 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 you know, one back or something like that going into today that he's he's not pressing or he's not you know he's being more patient there from the start, not trying to kind of force the issue. So the the two going back to Morikawa, uh, the two stats that blow me away which everybody will be saying over and over and over but I, I don't even know how to like contextualize these I don't think is 
winning the PGA in his first start <laughs> at the PGA, winning the Open in his first start at the Open, and winning two of his first eight majors. So is some <laughs> to, like Jay Ray stats here. Fewest, shit. fewest major starts needed to win twice since Bobby Jones, which was eight. Second to win the Open Championship and PGA Championship before age 25. Can you guess who the first was? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, youngest to win the Open when trailing entering the final round since 1979, Seve. Uh, third all-time to win multiple majors when trailing through 54 holes before age 25. That's company with Jack and Bobby Jones. Uh, tenth to win Open debut and first to do it since Ben Curtis in 2003. Fourth American to win the Open before the age of 25, joining Spieth, Tiger, Bobby Jones. That's all, of course, Justin Ray Golf on Twitter. Uh, that's fucking absurd. You see the names the names that were said here? Other than Ben Curtis's name being said there? Yeah. It was Nicholas Jones, Tiger, uh, Seve. Yeah, that's the kind of company we're in right now. That's, that's and he's the best iron player in the world. Like, he's probably... He may not be all that long. I mean, he's still long, but, like, he's not crazy long. It's like he's... Probably one of the best drivers of the golf ball in the world too. That's what blew me away too. Like you know he's going to hit good iron shots. Yeah, in certain spots and just it's in the fairway, man. If golf was less of a driving contest, and not that Morikawa has a deficiency in driving distance, but if it looked a lot more like this, we just would see a lot more of them. Like this makes all the sense in the world. I mean, it it you know driving it super far had almost no benefit this week. And when that's not a requirement, could even be like to your detriment. Could yes, (laughs) Uh, but to this point, like. Seeing, giving him multiple opportunities to hit iron after iron after iron after iron from in play, um, just with how accurate he is off the tee, like that's this is what's going to happen. Even just despite not predicting this in any way, yeah, this is what's going to happen. Did, I was going to say, did it surprise anybody, or or was it uh, shouldn't kind of just confirmation of what everybody has always said about this guy that you know we figured we'd probably see. I can't time him in picks. Uh, you know, he's obviously done a shitload of damage, and every time I feel like I am on the the Morikawa train, he it it doesn't work out for whatever reason. So I can't sit here and gloat that I saw this coming in any way. But I don't yeah, see I think how. I mentioned him along with you know thirty to thirty five others in our, <laughs> in our preview show uh, coming into the. He, week. he needs to chip you. you know, like, he needs to chip you off for that. Yeah, it was like, oh, this is this is a second shot golf course. All right, here's the you know. Um, but that said, like I also mentioned. Burger or you know, but but it, like I think with him it's just like it just feels like it's so like for for someone who's making their their Open Championship debut to win it's just such an impressive thing. <laughs> that's like it, it, it just does like that's the one that you're not supposed to win in your debut, and maybe you know maybe it's a Royal St George thing too because you've got uh, Ben Curtis as well, you know, and, and that's you know there's there's kind of some 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 flair or some some spunk there. But overall, it's just, you know, and, and it was interesting how he credited the Scottish Open last week, even though it's not necessarily a, a Lynx course, um, but particularly with the turf, right? And, and you would think, you know, it seemed like he he switched to some different irons, I think, into shorter irons and, and really had some issues last week figuring out the turf. And, uh, and it seemed like he, you know, adjusted and transitioned, like, masterfully this week. So, but yeah, I mean, like, seeing him flight, really, really good mid irons and short irons off of really, really firm, like proper turf in the UK is it doesn't get any better than that. I think it, this is go ahead, Randy. No, sorry. I just to like reiterate that point. It, it just struck me today. Like my idea of golf, like, like who's better at the game of golf, 
Colin Morikawa or a guy like Bryson DeChambeau, right? <laughs> like, like who, who do you think is more skilled at the game of golf? I, I just felt like this week and watching him, it's like, oh, my God, he's so technically precise. Like, he is good. <laughs> and I, I think, yeah, it, it for whatever reason, that kind of just washed over me. Um, and, and Bryson's the poster child for just, like, that different style of golf. Um, and Randy, I wouldn't even – I would say – I would throw Rory in there or uh, um, I'm trying to think who else like, you know, kind of typifies that, that bomber mentality, but like, you know, not to cheapen your argument, right? Like it's not just right. about Bryson bombing. It's, it's a Rory or a, um, you know, or a DJ. Or Even DJ like I was like going to say. Yeah. 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 It uh, only defense I'll make a Bryson to that is like we just like we weren't saying that we, we weren't saying that at Wingfoot. I mean, he was very skilled around the greens and on the greens. Like he has weeks where he is like extremely good at putting, and his strokes gained putting is has been really good. It, we just haven't seen that out of Bryson in several months now, so I, I get that kind of gut feeling. But you know, he hits it really far and still has weeks where he does things very skilled. I see where you're getting at though. Like the precision is a totally. It's a totally different animal on a golf course that just demanded precision with irons. I, I think like, what was so like, cool about it too was that it yeah. wasn't just the it, it. It was a bunch of different kinds of precision, and, and I think there was a couple people rolling their eyes where you know he had some quotes earlier in the week where he was talking about how he loves being creative and he loves seeing different shots, and you know pe- people were kind of I saw a bunch on Twitter like oh well he always gets a cut <laughs> he hits a cut on every single shot, but there is a lot of different like. Um, you know, you have to decide what window to hit it on. You have to decide where you're going to try to land it, how far it's going to run out, what the height is like. And he did an awesome job of that on the back nine. Like the shot he hit on was it 17, I think coming into 17 where it, he he landed it 30 yards short, bounces it up to perfectly yeah. whole high. It's like, dude, that that's your guy playing the first like his first open championship. <laughs> that's unbelievable. <laughs> that was the shot that really stuck out to me. Yeah, too. It was like, holy shit. Like that was so proper and little abbreviated finish. All that just really, really good. And then the craziest part about all this is he got the the shitty end of the draw too. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, he was in he God. was in the tough waves. I forgot you know? about that. That's he, he's like just drop him into any era, right? You, you want to play with small head persimmon drivers? You want to play with nibbling? Like I'm taking Morikawa's skill. I, I just think there's an underlying ability to hit the golf ball and and score, get it in the hole that. Um, I, I don't know. It just feels he feels separated a bit from the other great players. Well, we don't. Yeah, we don't have to get into a, a rollback conversation. But you know, it's kind of similar to how everybody used to say that about Tiger. Like Tiger should be the one, you know, really leading the charge for some sort of rollback because he's just going to be even better. Like that should be Morikawa now, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> like he should be yeah. the guy beating the drum for like roll this shit back and I'm going to win by ten every week. <laughs> And, and and it's not just distance, right? It's spin control. Yeah. He's such a good iron player where he, he can work the ball, he can he can control his spin, all that stuff. And it's like, you know, all those things are kind of dumbed down when the ball doesn't spin that much for everybody else, right? And I thought um, what was really cool was, Randy, you nailed it yesterday on the, on the live show. I mean, I was kind of pointing to his start yesterday and, like, he hasn't really been... You know, he hasn't, he's only played seven majors coming into this week. He hasn't played in a lot of final groups. He hasn't played, you know, a lot of links golf. He looked a little nervous coming out of the gate uh, yesterday, Saturday morning. So who knows what he's going to look like Sunday. And I mean, I think you called it, Randy. Like that was kind of his, his rough stretch. It seemed like he got his legs under him. And today he just, I mean, he was just nails, man. I know we were, <laughs> we were talking about it. Uh, the shot he hit on eight, I think he had 195, almost flew it in the hole. 
that that was the one where it's like, oh my dude, like this guy's not going away. Right? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I felt the safest I've ever felt on not jinxing jinxing somebody yeah. today. I was like, well, he's not gonna like make a bogey. Like, right. how? I don't even know. How, I don't even know how this adds up to how he would make a bogey. And I thought Ben Coley Golf on Twitter made a made a good point. He said Morikawa is putting an example of how if you're bad at a certain discipline, better that comes from having shockers and being volatile. Some around him in strokes game putting stats just putt below average almost every week. He's often worse, but is capable of being among the best. Yeah. I thought that was a really good point of like, yeah, dude, like some weeks he just has weeks where he's not a total liability with putter. It's an asset. And that was very, very, very much the case this week. And he wins golf tournaments. Do we think and I got to ask? Also said too, ben said too, that, that, that the way that that times up with like when you're hitting your, when you're that good at ball striking, like you're not wasting good ball striking weeks as often where, you know, like, like you're, you're not trying you're, to time it up at the same time. Yeah. Like yeah. your, your hot putter is always going to coincide with a good ball striking week for right. it, for someone like him. If you're always ball striking it well. Yeah. 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 I, I, I do got to ask Tron. I know we were discussing this. Do you think he had intentionally played away from the hole on 14 to give himself that comfy 15 footer up the hill rather than knocking it stone dead? Like I, I do. I most pro was, golfers I, seem like they would have. I think it was ultimate discipline. You know, I think uh, he was he was definitely playing super within himself. And uh, no, I mean, even like his lag putting on on some of the longer ones, his lag putting was was solid too. You know, so I think, you know, some weeks you just have it. I just like there are a few people that were coming at me on Twitter like, oh, you know, th- this means like he's just conquered all his demons. And you're wrong. I'm like, no, he's like he's, he's a streaky putter who struggled with short putts in the past. And like, I don't think that's changing at all. If anything, he was just. He was on a hot streak this week, and like I'm, I'm rooting for him, and I hope these hot streaks become more, more prevalent and more often, and and all that. Right? <laughs> let, it's just. Let it's me like ask you guys this: greatness, When do right? you guys know? Do you, sorry, do you know when did he when did he switch to the saw grip? According to Azinger, or in reality? <laughs> I guess in reality. I mean, it was it was way back in February, I think. You know, and he okay. he pulled that out at WGC. And uh, had a great week that week, but it was not. It was not like he was not out of the woods after that. He regressed after sure. that and and fell back down. But I think I don't know. Just like personally, I can very much relate to feeling insanely hot on the greens one week and getting to different putting surfaces and feeling like a three footer. It feels impossible. Like I I know that game. Like I really do. I'm I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often with guys. Honestly, just because. It, it, yeah, different grass types and all those different things. I think even on our podcast with him, we talked about different grass types uh, last year and how he's still getting used to that, still learning that as he goes around on tour for basically the first time and how, you know, like learning how to play all these different greens and learning new greens every week is still a skill that he's learning. And <laughs> well, that's what's kind of crazy too, God. not to take the air out of that. I think that's a great point, but now he would have won on. I'm not going to remember all five of his wins probably, but he would have won on Fescue this week. He would have won on Bermuda at Concession. Concession. He would have won on Bentgrass at Memorial. What was out in Reno, TC? I don't remember that. Probably Poana or something. He would have won, yeah, something different out there. And then what's the fifth win? The Harding. Oh, right. TPC Harding Park, right, the other major, Uh, (laughs) which would have been obviously bumpy Poana as well. So like probably five pretty different grass types, which I think – Probably Shit. speaks a little bit to, you know, he, he talked about it a lot this week in press conferences and stuff. Like, he's just, I think when you're that young, like, you're so used to showing up and learning everything about the golf course on Monday, right? Like, it's not like he has a bunch to draw back on and or, uh, you know, a bunch of notes or anything. So he probably is just, like, 
we joke about the process a lot, but like he probably just has a really fucking good process at this point where he knows exactly how him and JJ are going to chart the course. They know exactly whose responsibilities are what. And like, let's just keep doing the same thing every week. And uh, that, I don't know. There's probably something, something to be said for that. Let me, let There's me ask you guys this. When you hit, when you don't hit foul balls, you don't have to chart as well, much. That's yeah. probably true too. <laughs> uh, with, so we have major winners this year, Hideki, Phil, and now Morikawa is, uh, is short putting dead. Does short putting even matter? <laughs> the, three, the three guys, like on, honest to God, like that's Jesus. three three of the four Sundays. I mean, I think Rom's a, a pretty awesome putter, but the three of the four Sundays now, I, I've spent like, ooh, I don't know, like are they gonna are they gonna make all of them? And they've made literally all of them. <laughs> like those three guys made literally all of them when uh, you know you weren't totally sure if they were going to. Hmm. I got a question for you guys on the other side of this uh, about Morikawa before we get there. <clears throat> I'm obligated to say the DraftKings is my favorite sports book, even if I'm very <laughs> upset. <laughs> oh my God, this is too great. If Adrian. I'm very upset with DraftKings, it's also America's top rated sports book. Uh, speaking of America, our top, top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold. Uh, DraftKings has a medal worthy offer uh, just for our listeners. Listen to this place any pre event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if. If America, if America wins any medal this year, that's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. Love to their chances. Like our chances yeah. there. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this does not come around often, so sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook up now to get in on the action. I generally enjoy using it. It's easy to navigate. It has plenty of instructions for new bettors. Limitless ways to stress yourself out all day long. Nope, that's not the copy. Said. Nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family are all loving uh, the DraftKings <laughs> Sportsbook. I know you will too. <laughs> so download the top rated DraftKings. My wife DraftKings. loves that I'm doing this. <laughs> download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code NLU. Turn $1 into $100 in free credits uh, for a limited time. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers. Only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or just text Solly. Let him know what bets you got going on this week. <laughs> if you don't, don't want to hear about it, just tell him. How's your team look this week? All right. Here's the question. Colin Morikawa, over, under, majors, 4.5. I was I was wondering what number you were gonna throw out. That was I, I didn't know if you were gonna go four and a half or five and a half. Oh, so, I was so, thinking I like, three and a half or four and a half. Uh, so how about a little bit more fanfare for what what is my favorite game? To I know you kind of just like, pulled it out uh, on us. You know, <laughs> that that's a like of times each year. Yeah, one A one B with okay, how far back is too far back. I, exactly. Like there should be some like music or give me give me <laughs> trumpets or something. <laughs> it's hard I mean, to do live. Four point five is a little. That's a little disrespectful, right? He's got two. But I this, mean, Rory has four. This, Brooks has four. The four four point four is a lot above four point five. Stinks though. <laughs> yeah, like above four point five puts him like top fifteen all time. <laughs> and again, as we as we said last night, we said this last night, and I'll say it again now that he won. As of right now, every time somebody wins one of these, every time a young guy does this, you can sit here and it feels like it's going to be forever. It feels like it's going to be there forever. He's got to do this three more times to beat four and a half. It sounds crazy low right now, but I think I would take under on that. Under on four and a half? I'm going over. And I'll sign him up for a grand slam. (laughs) (laughs) Career grand slam or or one year? And he seems like he's got a mega U.S. Open game. 
right? I mean, Phil, Phil's the only Phil and Tiger, the only ones in like in this era that have gotten over four and a half. So he's going to get there. There's something Willie. There's something I, to be I said, so. I think, for so. What's the right way to say this? Think about what we've seen from Louie, right? And everything we said about Louie, and I'm sure we'll get there. And Randy, you'll be happy to hear that he absolutely sucked today. (laughs) There was no, that was, that was kicking. It was not a coin flip. No, he was not going to catch Colin anyways, but that was not, he did not uh, put himself in in a good place. But he has now, you know, Louie has what, eight top threes with no wins or something like that. And he, you know, there, there's something to be said for Colin picking off these first two. It's almost like a free roll at this point, right? Like he just as easily could have, those could have been his like experience building ones or, or you know what I mean? And it's almost like he's at uh, zero now with how young he is. If that, if that makes any sense at all. It made such little sense that it actually made sense. Do you know what, do anybody <laughs> know what I'm trying to say? Task failed successfully. Like he could have, he could have just as easily not won either of those. And we'd be like, God, this guy's going to have a monster career. Instead, yeah. both of them broke his way. That puts him in well, a major advantage. Way. Like there's something no, right, but, for, for knowing how to win. Too, I, I agree. I agree. Right? Yeah. And, but you know what I mean? Like he's had two chances and he won both is what I'm trying yeah. to say. And that's very rare, I guess, is what I'm, that's, that's what I'm trying to get at. And at age 25, when, or age 24, when Rory won his fourth at the British Open, we, we were, we weren't sitting here and being like, you know, yeah. I mean, basically at Morikawa's age. Does Morikawa already have all the perspective too? What's his strokes game perspective? Yeah. It seems like he already has all that too. Think about that. I don't know. Rory was either 24 yeah, or 25 when he won his fourth major. And he's sitting in his 30s now with a kid. Well, we saying, just talked about the, the, the difference has to be in the nuance, though, I believe. Right? Like, I, I just talked like, I think Colin plays a different game than Rory does. It Now we say that. volatile. Right? Yeah. No, we weren't and saying think- that in, 20, in 2014, though. I mean, yeah. also, it's like, go back, look at his... his his results in the majors this year, T18 at the Masters, T8 at the PGA, T4 at the U.S. Open, first at the British. Like, he's 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 not, like, he's playing well at all of them, right? He should have won the U.S. Open, too. Shot 75 exactly. round one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, I think, you know, like, I mean, I mean, shit, like, I'm, I'm even to the point where, like, on, I think on Thursday, I said, hey, like, I'm, I'm curious to see the guys that go out in the morning tomorrow and, like, go get it and... I was like, I think Morikawa was going to come out, and I think I think he had shot like two or three under, and went out and fucking got it right. And yeah. I think like there's a certain there's a certain extent of like the guy's got that look in his eye. He's, the stats back him up as like the best iron player since Tiger, and he's 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 adding more skills to his repertoire with the chipping and figuring out the putting and all that. And it's like, I mean, I I would go. I think he wins eight majors. I think he wins seven or eight majors. Grand Slam? You with me, TC, on a Grand Slam? I don't, I don't know. The PGA seems like it'd be the toughest. For the him, Masters for him right? The toughest, right? I don't Not if you're the best iron player in the world. I think that's the whole thing, right? Look at Hideki. None of them seem like they'd be like, that who, tough at this point. That's what, Yeah, that's true, too. I don't know. I would kind of say like the PGA and with, you know, distance being dominant and long, thick, rough and all that stuff. 
and uh, the Open with just because of sheer unpredictability. Like I would think those would be the two toughest ones to win for him. I guess my thing is just like he's he. It feels like he's so. It feels like this was him getting like getting better, improving, getting to close to the top of the mountaintop, and we haven't even seen his best yet. That's that's well, where I'm at. That we that yeah. we know of. That we know of. That we know of. I, I agree. That's my I, whole point. It's like I'm I'm trying to be, I'm with you. I'm trying to be realistic it, in that. Like if he wins, he's 24. If by the time you know in the next 10 years, if he wins two majors, like that's really really good, right? Exactly. Of course. That puts him as at four, and I think four and a half is a really good line. I, I don't know. I think I'll, I'll go over just because it doesn't matter, and you know nobody ever double checks. But uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say five. I'll say five. I'm not quite as bullish as TC. I'm a little more cynical, but uh, so eight I would, do think he's going to win. Eight would tie Watson for sixth all time, and would it would race past Phil. That seems like I a just lot. don't think we've got yeah, people, Phil's not know, done yet either. Watch yourself. People aren't going to be hoovering up this stuff like like Tiger was for 15 years there, right? Yeah, but the depth is so different now yeah, too no I, I mean i get that but also like and his game it doesn't seem like it's like i feel like if you're a good putter or something like that that's what kind of goes away first if you're a good iron player you're a good iron player like deep into your 40s did you, know? you see on that point did you see roberto castro's tweet which i thought was really interesting yeah speaking about the depth like so many more good players now but the great players are even more separated from the good players I think that's and it, extremely well. You said. start thinking about it too, and it's like, yeah, man, we do kind of see the same names every major. Um, I like. I, I think this comes down to like either either you're bullish on Colin being worthy of the company that you know you read all those Justin Ray stats and like being the best iron player, and he's truly like a generational talent, or you're not. And I guess. One, I think it's more fun to be bullish that way. Uh, but two, I, I, I kind of I, I buy the I buy the story right now. I don't know if I'm buying that the the great players or the gap between the great players and good players is bigger now than it would be like when Nicholas was finishing top ten in thirty six of forty majors in the seventies. Like, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm buying that. I think Ernie in his era was like definitively better than like a good player than I don't know what there the are comp fewer is better now. players, right? Back then, I don't. I don't know how to how to do. I, I feel like would it's, argue that the floor is higher for the good players, like the like their their floor is higher. But you know, I still think there's there's probably a pretty similar level of distinction. It's just a matter of I think there's more variability between the good players. The the only I mean, thing, if, if we're oh, saying ahead. it's an eight to ten man field at the majors, which is what Roberto Castro said here, Phil won a major this year, and Hideki would not have been in the eight to twelve range yeah. either. So I'm not, I don't think I'm buying that. Uh, the only thing I'll pour a little bit of of cold water, maybe on the Morikawa stuff, is like yes, he is the the best iron player in the world, but when you look at like someone like John Rahm, like he's not five times better of an iron player than John Rom. You know what I mean? And Rom hits it a lot further and puts a lot better. Like what's the over under? That's where I'm kind of like, dude, I think like Rom might win more majors than, than uh, what's, yeah, but There's also something where like with Rom, it's like how many, how many majors is Rom played in at this, at this point? Probably what? 15 ish. Something I think 16 like that. now. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's, there's, there's something to be said for, he's gotten one, two, three, but I think four, that five, six, does seven, that. So eight, does nine, that, he has nine top tens, but only one, you know, but I guess that's kind of what I'm, win. that's what I was very clunkily trying to say earlier is like, does that speak poorly on ROM? I don't think so. Or does it speak like 
how kind of freakish what Morikawa has done is, and and like how what I'm much of a Morikawa. statistical outlier what Morikawa has done is. And that's what I'm saying. Like I'm leaning into the statistical outlier. I'm yeah. saying it's not it's not just like beginner's luck or small sample size, and it's going to revert to the mean. Like I think he's just that good. See, like I, I think Rom could win a bunch too. Like I, I don't think Colin winning yeah. more than four and a half means Rom doesn't yeah, totally. also win a bunch. Like he's. He he's super impressive right now. From yeah. here on out, would you rather bet Rom over two and a half more majors or Morikawa over two and a half more majors? That's a really good question. I, like if I'm, you know, my data shit. Like Rom is like by far the best player in the world. Like not even close. And so like for me, it's like give me that guy. I mean, this was how many? I mean, this week he just it was he's a, a buoy. Ten, yeah, he's a buoy. You can't sink him. No, he doesn't go away. It seemed like a horrible week, and he, what did yeah. he finish well, third? The game is more is more set up for a John Rom. Yeah. For that type of like the modern game is more, you know, like favors him more than a, more than Morikawa's skill set. Right. Do you guys think Louis wins one? Let's go. I was gonna say I'm ready to go, Louis. Or you think that was it? That kind of felt like the sand slipping out of the hourglass a little bit to me, and, and only because uh, you know how old is Louis? Thirty eight. Like Thirty eight. This was his last great chance to win a major, as Zinger said on the on the first tee. Well, then he backpedaled I mean, that. We're saying this. I thought that was a like sick take, and then he kind of backpedaled. The, the British goes back to St Andrews. <laughs> it's his last great chance. <laughs> where, he's, where the last time, the last two times he's played there, he's won and he he lost in a playoff. <laughs> so. That's fantastic. Over the, yeah, the last two seventy two holes, nobody's beaten him there. This, this is his last great chance. He's in contention every single major. Uh, Randy, you want to take a victory lap here? I, it gives me no pleasure. I, I look, look at that thing. grin on your face. Yes, it does. You, you look like Louis. Uh, yeah, You're yeah. right now. I, exactly who we thought he was. Um, he's not going to win one. This was this was. Uh, a different category from almost everything we've seen in Louis' close calls. This was he went he didn't have it today. It, it, it was pretty much over from that bunker shot on seven, the par five that he that he which was played, horrendous, which was truly horrendous. And that was the one yeah. where it's like, all right, there you go. There's now we that have one. That that's the moment of yeah. you know like there's the shot he hit to lose the tournament. He just didn't hit it that the, good today. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy. Like going back to last year's U.S. Open. So from winged foot on, he finished third there, tied for 26 at, at this year's Masters, T2 at the PGA, second at the U.S. Open, T3 this week. Well, so so he's, he's, finished, he, he's finished in the top three, four of the last five majors. That's what I was going to say. I, that's obviously fucking incredible. That, that's mind-bending. But, however, uh, and he's been a great major player for a long time, but also, like, there were a lot of majors crammed in not a lot of space, right? And it's... Not easy to keep momentum going by any means, but it seems like it would make more sense to play well in a you know big cluster during a small period than it would to sustain that. I mean, the next major is not for what seven eight months, right? And so that's a big he missed a chance, missed a lot a, of chances. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point. To me, it feels like hey, Louis played really well for like a calendar year, and I don't really expect it to sustain going forward. You just, you see like generational players are the guys who play well for generations. Right. And a lot of other players are the guys who, you know, totally makes sense and is totally understandable, but they're the guys who play well for a year at a time. And interestingly, it sucks. I, I, I do wish he got another one. I, he obviously, you know, I don't want to say he deserves one because Morikawa obviously <laughs> deserved it a lot more than he did. And Phil deserved it a lot more, you know, at the, at uh, the PGA. And it's just, 
It's it's a bummer though. That that was tough. Surprising. This this surprised me a little bit. If we're looking at total worldwide strokes gained over the last six months, so including all events, I always view Louis as just the the cream. You know, rises in the majors. He's seventh in strokes gained worldwide behind Brom, Spieth, Cantlay, Casey, Hovland, and Shoffley in the last six months. Like he's played really really good golf, not just in majors. Yeah. And Morikawa is ninth on that list. So, I think something to track here moving forward is he. Uh, beginning with the masters next year, he has a chance to complete the, the career double grand slam in runner ups, runner up so, twice at all of them. Well, that's all of them except for the masters right now. He's only been runner up at the masters once. And that's why if I had a regret today, it was that he didn't somehow nab a, a T second at least. I know. I was he would have been going for the, the Louis slam in, in April. Two, two trips around the world. <laughs> he would have, after getting already completing the career runner-up slam, he would have done it in a in a yeah. in a year. <laughs> he would have, he would have held all four uh, runner-ups at the same time. TC, I hate to break it. He doesn't have. He only has one T two at the Open because he finished third today. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's devastating. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. We do Damn need it. to mention he almost made an ace on eleven, which looks like the hardest hole on the planet. <laughs> Was that like two forty five or something? Can we get more plane cam? That is that was great, awesome. Sorry, I uh, sorry. Before we move away from that strokes gained, I, I just think that's such an interesting list because to me, there's like no bigger dichotomy of guys on that list who get it done versus guys that are on that list and for some reason they don't win. And it's impossible to like talk about exactly why that is, but. I personally believe like there is something that's like those guys who don't get it done, don't get it done for a reason. And it's not just blind luck. And it's I'm also not specifically like a bunch of European lay and I'll even yeah. throw Shoffley in there. Yeah. It's not like he's hoovering a bunch of like Euro tour events or South African events up too. like, it's not like he's not winning worldwide, right? Like he's not winning when he shows up at the, BMW International or, um, you know, the South African Open. Like, he he was runner-up at the South African Open last year. He was runner-up at the at the Australian Open last year. He's third at the HSBC Champions. Like, he's, he's not just finishing runner-up in majors. He's finishing runner-up in other tournaments as well. Um, you yeah. know, but, like, granted, like, he's, he's played really well. Like, he T8 at Valspar, T6 at, at the concession. And, like, looking at, looking at that tournament – at the concession that that they had this year, like there's, that's such a good leaderboard for like a core, like it's kind of a correlation between like the best, the best iron players in the world. And you got, you got Morikawa, you got Horschel, Kepka, Hovland, Scheffler, Oosthuizen, Rory, Webb, Patrick Reed, Kokrak were the top, top 10 there. Randy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is gonna be kind of half baked, but I'm gonna throw this at you a little bit. When it comes, sure. I, I'm still trying to understand this stuff, and I don't know if this will make sense or not. When it comes to like wins versus expected wins, right? The data golf kind of look into how much you should have won technically, percentage wise. You know, by shots gained, you did this, this, and there. It seems like do the they guys do that for the fantasy pools also. The guys that uh, I knew I was not gonna get all the <laughs> way through that sentence. The guys that we remember as great as the winners are kind of operating with like a 400 batting average on balls in play. That's kind of like once it goes your way, you're kind of operating above the mean and that we're remembered. You will remember you as great because this has, has gone your way. Right. Whereas in reality, 
the odd, like you would have so many close calls. Just like we looked at the percentages of Louis' chance, like Louis never got above fifty percent chance to win. I don't think at any point this week, right? So it, it's it, nuts, right? So it, yeah. it like he keeps ending up on the wrong side of that. Like his batting average on balls in play is just he hasn't done enough. You know, he could have hit it harder. Could have hit it, you know, not directly at the shortstop. Hit it really hard at some They guys. got the shift on loud him, outs. maybe like <laughs> loud super outs. loud outs, long strikes. You know, he's play, they But I think I mean the flip side of that though, Sally is like some of it. I mean, he had what a three shot lead at one point. So if the models are are not liking him, there's a reason that they're not liking him as well. Like if if he's not above fifty percent to win, like that's baked into the model. Right. Yeah, but I think that also just speaks to how many holes are remaining and who's around you as well, right? I mean, it, it's it's not that it's it's not as simple as like you know if you got Spieth and Morikawa like right there on you, then there's a chance that like I'd have to I'd have to double check these numbers. He looked like he he did get above fifty percent at one point today uh, through through three holes. He was above fifty percent today, and that was the last time he was above fifty percent. So I, I understand what you're saying and. It makes sense. I, I, you just, I, the the expected wins though, it it just, at a certain point, it just can't capture everything. And and I think I choose to believe there's some unquantifiable or extra it that plays a part. And I I don't know. I, I think, I think just boiling it down like that is to me, it's one, it's, it's rather boring. And, and two, I, I almost, it's kind of cynical and, and I don't think it can account for all of like reality, I guess. I think looking back backwards, you're right, but like not necessarily like looking forwards. You know what I mean? Like it's easy to look at what you just saw and be like, yeah, Morikawa has it and Louie doesn't. And like, that's just, you know, that, that, that's like a fact now in this point, right? But that doesn't mean like I don't know. I, I have to workshop this a little bit more. But it's like you're you're conf- you, what you've seen and confirmed now like makes you think that but, about that person. But over certain sample sizes, like you can't escape what the reality is. Yep. And and I guess like with Louis specifically, like majors put majors aside like what i think is more damning for louis is if, if he's that great he's gonna find a way to win uh on tour and, and he just doesn't and so yeah i i don't know and, and i get a lot of that from uh, like i say going back to that sh- shots gain stuff like patrick Cantlay. um they're, they're just there's certain guys that you know i i think statistically they have much better profiles than their actual results it's, it's um, a kill it's the killer it's a, and, and, you, and I know we say that, but it is. It is. It is exactly that. I I, yeah. I do believe that. What and do you What that, do you think Fino's uh, wins above replacement is? <laughs> Fino's a three win player every year. I'd say. <laughs> Guys, leave Fino. Are we talking alone. about yeah. baseball he's reference he's or well. fan graphs? You know? I, I just mean when he eventually goes and plays baseball. What do you What do you think it's going to be? I think the best way <laughs> to define this also though is what Mav McNeely said on the podcast too. Is like not all shots in professional golf are linear. Like there's just there are shots that are more important, and if you yeah. it, like like not a not every stroke is you know so you think about that when you think about like creating in a lab a perfect like strokes gained efficient player that plays all the percentages plays all the right spots like if you're t three playing the 18th hole and like you need to flip the odds to get out of that tie for third and into a solo second and flip like tons of points and tons of dollars like that shot is more important like making a birdie is more important 
you know, risking making the birdie is is worth the risk instead of losing a shot going backwards, like making a bogey. And that there is just like some very defining shots that, you know, really ultimately define guys career. And you just you don't end up with a huge sample of those over the course of a career. Yeah. So anyways, I know um, I know the only other thing I would have on this. I know that uh, luck is kind of supposed to be built into those models, right? With just sheer volume. But you can't really account for that either. And Morikawa had a couple uh, not to take anything away from anything he did today. But, you know, the the ball sits up on was it on 10, right? Where he, he hits it way left and you know, his ball is kind of sitting up in a fluffy spot. His ball kind of wiggles through the two bunkers on 15, leaves him in a good spot. There was another bunker, uh, uh, the shot on, uh, what was it? He got away with one on 13, right? Where he almost like, you could tell he thought he had left it in that front pot bunker and like just all those, you know, it's just the way it goes, but like all those went his way today too. And yep. so that's, worth pointing out that sometimes that happens. I think that's it keeps going back to what I'm I'm trying to say about the whole winning two of your first eight is freakish. Unbelievable. It's it's it is such a head start. Yeah. Um maybe I don't know, maybe Louis needs to spend it felt like he was kind of hitting it with a little glancing blow today. It felt like he really needs to dive in <laughs> and get into the numbers to find out to get that mm. smash factor up. Mm. You know how mm. I get my smash factor up? I spend time with my Rap Soto mobile launch monitor. You can go to rapsoto.com slash NLU. Use promo code NLU. $50 off a mobile launch monitor. It's about this size. All right. It's about the size of a rangefinder. It's extremely accurate. It gets within 2% of one of those big ass units that you see players carrying around that might cost you $20,000. One Listen, of the ones you could have bought if you would have won that draft kick. I would have been able to afford <laughs> one of those, but I'm quite happy with my Rap Soto. The app automatically tracks your stats, stores video with each shot with Shot Tracer. It's super helpful for club gapping, understanding the true distances you hit each club. I, what I've found super interesting is I can hit two eight irons that felt the exact same and can fly eight yards different just based on mm. how I'm launching it and whatnot. And just learn, learning a lot about, you know, but sometimes when I look up like, hey, how did that not get there? It's like, yeah, you don't hit it nearly as consistently as you thought you did. So it gives you immediate feedback, creates a better practice environment. You end up not just hitting mindlessly hitting a bunch of balls. It's very portable, fits right on your golf bag, can use it both indoor and outdoor. Rapsoto.com slash NLU. Use promo code NLU for $50 off. I think these things are retailing for about 500 bucks. So you get 50 bucks off. That's 10% off. That's a great deal. Rapsoto.com slash NLU. Promo code NLU. Speed time? Sure. Yeah, I mean, what else is there to say, right? What what, what there was to say was... Like, kind of puts us out of business, but... I, I kind of felt myself after number nine thinking, how the fuck did he shoot one under on that side? Uh, it was one of those days, right? Yeah. Where the guy, God, he looked bad to start. And all, like both golf-wise and also, you know, not to take a shot at our friends at Under Armour, but I wish they would dress him like an adult man rather That's than like... Thing, man. That's he, the take. He, he looks he like looks a 12-year-old. I hate this. Like, How's he supposed Freddy, to go kill Freddy people looking like a 12-year-old? It's not it's, good. It's, it's it's so unbecoming. The hats are bad. The shirts are fucking terrible, uh, which is saying something because Nike, you know, Nike keeps keeps lowering the bar <laughs> you know, year after year after year. Like, Sal, you're like, you tweeted the other day, like, what? What do they turn down? What are they, what yeah, gets what rejected? Gets turned down? What gets rejected? Like, and, and I thought the Fleetwood hat was perfect because it was it was the culmination of like a true England or Alabama thing. <laughs> well, it's the, somebody uh, somebody got uh, some someone with the location Portland, Oregon was like, oh, this is beautiful. You just tweeted this image out to your 300k followers. It's like, oh yeah, got now, you talking about now? Three hundred thousand people know this sucks. <laughs> like, is that good advertising? Like, I get I get what you're going for. Just anyone talking about your stuff is good marketing. I get it, but 
it sucks, and we're gonna we're gonna keep pointing it out. Between that and the PXG commercial, it was a big week for uh, got you talking about it, guy. <laughs> you, like got the, you talking uh, about it. It's a great point. It's like those now you have to buy them. Stop. See, you look. Advertising. the most frustrating part is like they make good stuff. They make yeah. plenty of stuff that I would very willingly buy off the shelf and and like rory consistently looks good or there's there's stuff that you're like man like this is like why not just do more of that instead of this this just total novelty bullshit that they that they crammed on your throats and and it like i feel like it it affects the way that i'm watching the golf tournament right where like there's certain guys that i have like a visceral reaction to you that know? and thus concludes our george spieth uh, <laughs> recap for the week i was just one more thing on spieth i was just gonna say make sure to check in on your friends that have paid money for pxg clubs that's so. that's a good point uh no it was fun to, i don't know it was fun to see spieth put his foot on the gas even though you know Hell he kind of yeah. he fun. lost it probably you know we mentioned earlier, but what did he hit? One of the first six greens or two of the first seven greens or something like that. It, it was pretty, you know, between that and the finish yesterday, it was pretty well out of reach by that point, you could tell. But at least he, you know, there there were some last big gasps that, that he was able to, uh, to put together. The eagle on uh, 14 was genuinely thrilling. I mean, or sorry, not 14, on seven. Uh, was a thrill. It, it was just... That was, a, that was a big dick putt. It was. was like... What did he play that stretch? He played that stretch in like six under, eight awesome. holes and six under, something like awesome that. Awesome view. That, of that, was a, that was a hell of a second shot, too. I mean, that, that thing was flagged. Uh, I wanted to say thank God he made birdie on 14. I don't know why, what the deal was laying up there. That was weird. Uh, I don't know what I was missing. It didn't seem like there was a lot of wind. It seemed like the pin was back. It didn't, there had to be, it had to be between clubs and maybe didn't yeah. want to worry about the, I, I don't know, maybe didn't want to worry about the OB or something. Could have been a bad number, but I would think you'd want to putt from, nobody got it past that pin, it felt like today, right. but it, it, feel, it felt like you wanted to putt from past that pin because you're actually, once you got over that mound, it went downhill. So you'd be putting back uphill. I don't know. It was, that was a little bizarre, but, um, yeah, just uh, he was he was just too far back and put himself behind the eight ball early, and he made made a great run. It was exciting. It didn't, uh, it didn't. I, I at no point did I think he was going to win today, yeah. honestly though, and and that says a lot because I will talk myself into well if he just birdies the next <laughs> six, but like it just didn't feel like Morikawa was going to open the door even even slightly. For yeah, like, I think that's that's more of a commentary on Morikawa than it is yeah, on Speed. It yeah, is right. Where, I, I mean, Speed played his last played his last seven holes in six or sorry his last. Uh, 12 holes and six under par. Yeah. I will yeah. say when Morikawa was standing over the, the putt on 14, that was when I felt yeah. like there was a chance and he put it right in the center up over yeah. the ridge that he couldn't get over. I was going, like, that pin was awesome. Like I was getting ready to say like, you know, Louie got it up over that hill. Spieth got it up over that hill and made birdies and like Morikawa barely didn't get it over and it looked like he was going to cost him a shot and he just poured the putt right in the middle. Well, it's, that's just, to, it's, I think it's worth reiterating just because I was kind of taking notes on just, you know, each notable thing guys are doing. And Morikawa's back nine, too, was just a master class in, like, slamming the door, right? Like, the 10, the, you know, pulls it left on 10, has in a horrible spot, somehow gets that one up and down. 11, brutal par three, playing, like, 245, just hits it, like, could not have hit it more in the dead center of the green, right? 12 has a very comfy two-putt for par. 13 kind of gets away with one, like we said. Uh, and then 14 it hits a bad chip, makes up for it with, with the par, uh, 15, uh, was where he hit it in the, the thick stuff. I think short-sided gets that one up and down again, 16 looked a little, maybe a little nervy, a little short. Um, but 
makes a comfy par. And then 17, we already talked about Tron, but that was like, hmm. that was really cool. The yeah. the bouncing it up shot is just, that that one will stick with me for a while. I'm, 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 I'm very pleased and encouraged by Spieth's overall performance this week. It was kind of like roll the balls out on a golf course that isn't going to be, you know, Beth Page-like with thick-ass rough and very long. I know Spieth finished third at Beth Page, but it just feels like his chances on a golf course like the it just like automatic should be top five on something like this. And that's exactly where, where he ended up. And it he's the only issue is there's only a couple of these events that a couple of these golf courses over the next several years that set up like this. I think I haven't been to LA country club, but it, I feel like that would be good I for think, Jordan. I think LACC, I think Pinehurst, I think both of those will be good fits yeah. for, yeah, I think, for us. I think, Open. The, I think Brookline will be good for both him and, and Colin. I mean, it's small greens. I, they've, they've, they've enlarged a lot of them, but still small greens and, and small targets. I think Pebbles um, always going to be good, right? As, as we're going yeah, back there, probably a bunch. Great. and that's what I was going to say is it seems like half of them at least, I, I agree from a PJ Tour perspective, right? Like, I, I don't know how many PJ Tour events he'll win going forward. I'm sure he'll win a great deal, but probably not commensurate with uh, how much better I think he is than his peers. But it is good, I think, for us Speeth fans that half the majors, you know, I would put him like as bullish as you are about him going to Augusta. Like, you kind of have to be almost as bullish about him going into the open now, right? If, after what we've seen the last few years. Oh, for so sure. So there's, ha- I mean, at least half the majors. Andrews. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. Just, I'm, I'm even. I, I want to take this up another notch. I I couldn't be more bullish. Yeah. I, genuine, genuine. It, it was so much fun watching him. I, I texted you guys just watching him emote on yeah. the golf course. Uh, watching him really play, trying to go get it. Uh, that's as fun as it gets for me. And hearing him, it, I think he's like more confident in his game than he probably has been in the last several years. I, I I think I think he's back, baby. I, I think the next couple of years, watch out. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think Tron going back to like why I love that comment of yours. That gets me so excited because I, I feel like if Spieth's coming back into form and Morikawa has shown himself to be like the class of the class in, in a lot of respects, uh, the the next several years could be a lot a lot of fun. And it's it's worth noting now the driver's now an asset. Right, yeah. he's he's gain over the last three months. Yeah. He's gaining 0.4 shots off the tee per round, which is a huge flip from the last several years. It's, I mean, he still you know loses a ton of shots to somebody like Rom, who gains a shot. Bryson gains a shot uh, per round. Kepka's almost gaining a shot per round off the tee. Morikawa is at plus 0.76 off the tee. So, I mean, you add that up uh, again. Just in the past three months, if you add up Morikawa's gap off the tee for Spieth off the tee. Hopefully it, he makes some putts. It almost, it's almost two shots. It's yeah. almost the difference of this golf tournament. So it is still yeah. just really hard to start golf, like give up golf shots in any, any part of your game and, and try and win these things. You can finish a lot of top fives, but it's going to be, it's a lot of things are going to have to go right for Spieth to win. I think we're destined for a lot of top tens over the next 10 years. And I don't know how many wins we're going to see. Just be, be prepared for that. He's I did like to make a lot of putts. Yes, yeah. right. That's that's the thing. And I, but like again, like I think this was the first time I'd seen him in a long time where you felt like the, like the everything looked like it was had a chance to go in from forty feet and in from him, where he literally expected to make everything he looked at. Yeah, which it's I so don't think, fun. You know, he's he's got that bounce back in his step. Greller's having fun out there. Um, you know, it's like. In going back to St. Andrews next year, and then 
also just looking at it in the future, like I think they're at Hoy Lake in 23, Troon in 24, which, you know, I, I don't think those are probably the best setups for him. And then I think they're going probably going to Muirfield in 25. Um, so that's, you know, I think Muirfield's the one that probably, as he gets older, that'll set up perfectly for him. I what? do love him in the open. I think all, I mean, there, it would, I don't see it. I don't see any open venues that would make me think that, that yeah. he wouldn't be a fantastic option. So. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just an extreme homer. I, I just trust him more than just about anybody else to, to just figure it out and, and just get all of his ability out of himself. I, and I, I say that just listening to him talk, the interviews we've done, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I sense like a really burning desire to, to be great. And I, I don't know if that's like super corny from me, but uh, I just trust that. I, I don't know. Like he's gonna win. Like, fuck man, he's gonna win. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's greater than the sum of his parts. Yeah, right? you like know, for picking a, teams, I'm, there's I'm, an X I'm, factor like, give there. Me that guy, give me that guy. Does that does that transition into the Rory conversation? Well, I, can I ask one question I, as we as we close the gap? Close the uh, we got this from the underscore cage on Twitter. First one to career Grand Slam, Colin, Rory, Jordan, or Brooks. I don't know why I didn't include Phil. You can take that personally, Big Randy. Thank you, Solly. Thank you. If we're calling that, who's the who's the first of the career Grand Slam? Sorry, Rory, Colin, Rory, Jordan, or Brooks. Both Colin and Brooks are too short. All right, so Colin has PGA and British. Brooks has PGA and U.S. Open. Mm -hmm. Rory's just looking for Masters. Phil's just looking for U.S. Open. We're including Phil. Yeah. Uh, Phil's just looking for U.S. Open. And who was the third one? Spieth. Spieth Spieth needs the PGA. Or Louis, who needs three. What are the PGA venues coming out? Or Big Tone. (laughs) (laughs) Big Tone needs a big win. PGA is Southern Hills next year. um, And then it goes to Oak Hill, and then Valhalla, and then Quail Hollow, and then Aronimic, and then Frisco, and Olympic Club. (laughs) Don't like those. They've got them all figured out up until 2029. Yeah. Southern Hills seems like it'd be a good uh, fit for speed, maybe. But I'll say I'm a fucking idiot so i'll say rory but <laughs> like I, just because i mean rory I, I would take speed rory seems like the i mean his game still for the last 10 years like nothing's changed it still does fit augusta seemingly perfectly uh and he's got you know one less to win winning majors is hard so i'll take speed i'll take speed for the same reasons yep yeah when you know what? i just don't love those pga venues that's where i'm, I'm at take, i'm gonna say morikawa do we not like Southern Hills for speed? I feel like we no, can I address think that this. Could be, the future, but that's but you know that's one. That's one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't Oak Hill well, Duffner it, one there. It's like, less yeah. about. I think. I think for me, it's less about like figuring out what the best courses or like courses that may suit him are, and the ones that we know are yeah are you know kind of potential home games for him. Do we have to talk about Rory? Well, for apologies, well, an interesting conversation to have. Yeah. Uh, if you've listened, if you've tuned into our live shows the last several, uh, several nights, this might be a little bit of a repeat topic, but, um, it's worth, it's worth putting a putting a cap on this week, I think for Rory, right? I mean, we had this stretch of like six majors in a tight time frame, and it, it felt very much like a, yeah, it's, you're going to need one of these. And I know he entered the pandemic playing some of the best golf of his life. And it ju- it really does seem like that 
pandemic was coming out of that, uh, that break, that three month break for golf. Some people got a lot better at golf and Rory was not one of them. Yeah. I, I mean, I think by the time we get to Augusta next year, we're going to be coming up on eight years, right? Just shy of eight years since his, yeah. since his last, uh, his last major. And that is coming through what theoretically, you know, should be quote unquote, the massive prime of his career. Right, like the the eight most productive years of his career, you would you would guess or you would project, and it's just really it's getting pretty hard to square uh, what's going on with kind of how he should be looked at. I think, right? Is that a, f- a fair way to say it? I, I think we we kind of touched on it last night, but it's uh, it just doesn't seem like like he just kind of seems like another guy at this point, and and that sucks. That really sucks because I think all of us are. <laughs> Massive Rory fans. I think we would love. I think he's probably one A, one B with Spieth, at least for for most of us. As far as you know, who we'd love to see win golf tournaments and who we'd love to root for. And uh, man, the last it, it's it's gotten to the point where those majors, those four majors that he won, feels like it was another guy in another career. Like he just doesn't yeah. seem like that same guy anymore. And I, I think where it gets interesting is. Uh, what the question of whether he wants to be that same guy, whether he has interest in being that same guy, whether he owes it to anybody to try and be that same guy, uh, and I don't know what you guys what you guys think about that. It it just doesn't it doesn't seem like he walks around anymore with I'm Rory Efford McElroy, and like I go back to what JP said to him in yeah. the 2017 Open at Birkdale, and like he was like I think probably the favorite going to that one. I don't remember exactly how that shook out, but it was shocking that he was not doing well in the beginning there and, and JP says to him like what the fuck are you doing like you're Rory fucking McElroy like what are you doing and he went on a tear and I think he ended up finished like T4 and he, like he just has to have this like I don't know I feel like if we went out and played golf with Rory, played nine holes with Rory he would just go into show off mode and would like you know if we uh, I don't know I feel like he would go just ball out right if, if you forgot everything and just tried to go be yourself you would ball out but now he seems like he's trying to follow a procedure I wouldn't even call it like a process it feels like a formality that he tries to like get himself into to perform in majors and whatever he's got going now that just does not work anymore and at one point it was playing very good golf in regular tournaments and not showing up in majors and he hasn't really been playing good golf I know he won at Quail Hollow this year but uh, he even said after that, like, yeah, I don't really know what the buzz was all about going to, into uh, Kiowa for me because I haven't been playing that great. And Quail Hollow got, you know, just a course I know really well. And uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm kind of out of words at this point because this was the least encouraged or engaged I've, I felt with Rory. Never felt like he had a chance going into this week, which sucks. I think um, to address your your some of your questions there directly, DJ. Uh, first, I don't think he owes anybody anything. Um, I think, and, and I think, and I think it's rightful if people like Sully, I know you said you were frustrated with him because of that. And I think that's a totally fine, fair opinion to have as well. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think there's still a lot of time for him. Um, I, I think, I forget DJ if you said it last night, you know, he's, his child is very young. Uh, maybe this is um, a time where, you know, he's kind of losing a little of that drive and certainly he can gain that fire back maybe. Uh, but gosh, I, I don't know. I, 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 he, he does seem like just another guy a lot of times. And I, I don't, 
know if that changes at all very, very soon. Yeah. It, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like well, just like Rory's or space, the, you know, greater than the sum of his parts, it seems like Rory's less than the sum of his parts. Yeah. Right? Well said. And, and I don't feel like he's, I don't feel like he's, he's turning over the stones to get better or to figure out what, you know, like Randy, you were saying you have ultimate trust in Spieth to figure out what ails him or to play his best golf, to extract the most out of his talent. And with Rory, it's like, you know, going back to, you know, even like, like I, and I think caddy Harry does a great job, but like, does he know that, that, that Harry's absolutely the best caddy for him? Like, why not, why not give, uh, legendary, like, you know, one of the, like, I'm sure anybody would drop a bag to go, go caddy for Rory. Right. And it's like, at some point, why not hire one of the best caddies in the world or one of the most professional caddies in the world? Right? But I, I think that this is a massive projection and unnecessary psychoanalysis by me, I'm sure. But I think that speaks to him. The same reasons he talks about, you know, his family so much when people bring up like, Hey, are you disappointed in your, in your major record and his response totally like understandably is to fall back on like, no, I'm not disappointed. Like I have a great life. Everything is, everything's going great. I have a young, beautiful daughter. I have a, a great wife. My parents are great. I have a great house, like perspective, true perspective overload. But it's clear, like that's what he's looking for from, from life. It's right. Totally. And, and, and yeah, I don't think, I think what I struggle with yeah. is, is squaring, what I want from him as a golf fan with what he probably wants for himself. Right. And I think that totally. is, is just kind of what makes sports really interesting is when you come across people like that and, and the people who remind you that this is all not one dimensional and it's not black and white. And there's a lot of like humanity, humanity going around. And and I likened it, this is a weird transition probably, but I likened it to Bryson too, where it's, it's a lot easier and it, it probably makes for better podcasts and it probably makes for our jobs being a lot easier when you're just like black and white, that guy's a fucking dick. Like he needs to, he needs to do this, that and, and whatever. When you really start unpacking it, like I thought about Bryson a lot this weekend for whatever reason. And when you really start unpacking it and you're, you're kind of thinking like, man, here's a guy that probably like, again, projecting on my part, but he probably got made fun of a lot, probably has been like chasing this approval for his whole life. And then he gets to the mountaintop and everybody's like still making fun of him. That has to be a really weird thing to happen. And that just has to, I would imagine that has to affect just what's going on in your head. Now, does that excuse like him seemingly treating everybody that he runs into like (laughs) shit? No, of course not. And, but I guess the only point of all that is like, you know, these, these guys are, uh, it's complicated, man. It's a lot more complicated and it sucks that we're kind of getting more and more into an era where, uh, those shades of gray are going to be harder for media and other people to pull out of these guys. I think that's why everything turns so black and white because, you know, no offense to Carson Daly, but like, I don't know that he's asking Rory about like, Hey man, let's really get into some existential shit on the, whatever their podcast is called, uh, on, you know, Shout out to Golf Pass, but it's you know you know what I'm trying to say. And Bryson's yeah, the same yes. thing with with Golf.com, and he's just going to. And a lot of this is probably the fault of people like us, people like myself, who really greatly enjoy uh, making fun of Bryson when he has these colossal missteps. But like these guys are just going to keep putting up bigger and bigger walls, right? And and it just it really uh, dumbs down a lot of the black and white stuff, which which sucks. So I just think with Rory, like last thing I have for Rory was just like at some point, like 
some guys are sociopaths, right? Like Rory's very clearly not a yes. not a sociopath. He's not unhinged. He's not like you know for for all of his greatness. Like Tiger's probably you know Tiger's a pretty messed up dude psychologically, right? Like that 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 success or that that mentality takes a toll on personal relationships and you know your your personal life and 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 all that. And I think I think with Rory, it's like he's just a really, really well-adjusted dude and almost to his detriment in, in, you know, to a certain extent, as far as golf success is because he actually does have it in perspective. And, you know, I, I do think there will be three, four, five years, maybe it's in two years, but like he'll, he'll get back to it and that fire will come back. But at some point it just seems like he's kind of tricking himself into like the fire's not there. That's what, that's what someone, someone mentioned, uh, Someone mentioned this on Twitter yesterday after our podcast when we were kind of talking about Rory and kind of rephrasing their question. But like, do you think Rory's running towards everything he's seen from Tiger or do you think he's running away from everything he's seen from Tiger, essentially? You know what I mean? And that's like none of us know what it feels like to be Rory. And he's been Rory now for the last, what, 15 years of, of just being like the third most famous person in golf, probably. And uh, I can't imagine what kind of toll that takes and how like, yeah, that's going to, that's going to rewire how you feel about practice and how you feel about chasing trophies and, and all kinds of stuff. So I'm, yeah. I'm amazed that burnout doesn't happen more often. hundred percent. And, and part of everything I, I'm, I'm lockstep with everything you guys have said for the most part here. And especially in terms of like Rory, like be, having incredible for lack of a better word perspective, like Rory's the best, like off the course, awesome hang tells amazing stories he almost never gives you like hey you can't tell this story to anyone but here's this like out of respect i don't tell some of the crazy like fun stories he tells he's like awesome to be around great to get coffee with like, he's also super introspective super introspective <laughs> like he thinks about this stuff i and, promise and i i so when he tells when he says like yeah you know i'm not trying too hard at this i've got a great life at home and all that i just don't believe it like, and, and that's where i'm i'm coming from and like when he's talking about how you know yeah you know I'm, it's gravy if i don't win at augusta i don't believe that like i internally i know he has that in him like i know he cares about that right and it is it might be a mechanism to kind of cope with the pressure and the expectations that come with it to help try to downplay some of it even internally I, i'm down with trying kind of anything for it i, I that's where i'm i'm at with that it's like I, it's never like dude you you know you have to work your ass off and sacrifice your life at home for to entertain yeah. us golf fans like no of course not but when he when i when he says you know that i'm you know when he a question is asked to him about you know not are you trying too hard and you fall back on like no i got a great like life at home it's kind of like well, okay. Now the question is like, are you trying hard enough? Like, if that's your go-to answer with that, then that's a. I think that's a fair question, yeah. right? And I don't ever get messages. I don't ever hear him say or anything like, "Yeah, I've been like, cr- like I've been putting in some wildly long days. Like my wedge, I've worked so. I've tried this like with my wedge play now, and I'm doing this, this, and this. So, like <laughs> Dustin Johnson, who is like famously kind of what aloof, like put in work on his wedges. I feel like we've heard that on the telecast and got a lot better and got to number one in the world. You know what I mean? So like, totally. I guess what, and this was the same thing I said yesterday is like, maybe that's just not what he's after. It's like really and truly, maybe he's like, dude, I've been doing it for 15 years and that I proved to everybody that I'm the biggest dick around. I won everything except the masters. Uh, and like, I have all the money. Like what I've got, I got nothing left to prove. And that very well, I've never, you know, obviously heard him say that or have no reason to, 
necessarily believe that's what he's thinking, but who knows, man? It could be. And that for the third night in a row, I'll go back, go back to the Spieth quote of yeah. like, that's such a crutch. And we, he was talking about money when he was on the podcast and said, you know, that falling back on that stuff was a crutch and an inhibitor to playing great golf. And I think that's a fair question to ask at this point with Rory. And I think the caddy point is also, you know, I remember right when, uh, you know, he fired JP. I was, I was talking with him in the locker room at, uh, at Bridgestone in 2017. He's like, yeah, we're going to try it out. But like, honestly, what I'm kind of looking for here is one to kind of change my vibe up on the course and like owning a little more responsibility on my own. Like I'm walking off my own numbers. I'm taking my own notes here. Like as Harry learns the ropes and I'm looking forward to that. Like I need to be more engaged in my shots. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Like a lot of people are going to say some things like having your buddy on the bag, you know, is not the best advantage, all that stuff. And he had a lot of success with Harry. Like he has, and that it's hard to ignore that he's won tournaments with him. He's had good major runs with him. I think at this point though, it, it's, it is worth asking the question. If like, if that, if the, if the vibe of having a great friend next to you, isn't helping you play great golf at this point, are there other options that would help you be more focused or more, you know, more precise on the golf course. I, I think that's a fair question without crit- critique. It, it's not, Harry is a very serviceable caddy by all means, by all, you know, in, in that regard. But I think it, he is Rory's guy, right? I, I don't think Harry would be on a lot of any other bags in, in the world, even with four years of experience. And so I think it's a, it's a fair question to ask at this point. And I, do, I, at the same time saying like, I don't think that's like what's holding Rory. I don't think that's the only thing holding Rory back at this point. I, I think uh, just that I, I know we should probably move on here, but um, I, I would just punch back a little at Spieth's characterization uh, using, uh, again, my favorite guy, um, Mickelson, who very famously talked about, you know, having that perspective and being able to win majors, um, you know, obviously after the scare with uh, his wife, I, so I, I do think you can, I, I do think Rory could use it almost like giving up caring as a way to like liberate himself and to play some of his best golf. Now that might not work for everybody in, in every situation, but I, I do think there are some interesting parallels between Rory and Mickelson in that way. You know, Mickelson didn't win a major until he was 34, which is nuts. And, and Rory's 32. Um, but, but I, I almost think they're interesting comps in, you know, I, I think Rory could maybe look at the evolution Phil had um, from from pressing and, and taking so many questions in the press. When are you going to win a major? When when are, you know when is this going to happen? Um, I, I feel like that could be the path Rory's on. Will it be? I don't know, but um, I, I I think certainly some of that perspective and and finding more in life. Um, at least that's what Phil's told us publicly. Uh, could work for Rory. Phil's also a sociopath, so like <laughs> for sure, for firmly sure. in that camp. Remember when he so. WD'd from the U.S. Open to go to his kid's uh, eighth grade graduation, went high to, school graduation, went to practice rounds at, uh, and then flew back and then withdrew. Right, yeah. Yeah. right. Uh, like as if like, oh, maybe they'll move to graduation. <laughs> <laughs> Did he go to the practice? I know Bones went and scouted I think the course. Bones might have went and done the practice. Okay, stuff. I don't remember. Okay, who knows? Um, question for uh, Big Randy. This is from. Yeah. Uh, at Hodio Scars on Twitter. Does Big what Randy does Big <laughs> Randy put JT on notice? I think well we t- we touched on it a little yesterday. Uh we're still we're waiting for tests to come back, are we? Test results. Yeah, okay. yeah. You know, the last these these are these are very important tests that we're running. Uh we don't want to rush anything. 
Well, we have major concerns. And so um, I think we'll we'll certainly know by next April and we'll address it at appropriate time. I know he was uh, put into some clinical stuff this week playing with uh, good buddy Max Home. I don't know what he shot today or if there was any any signs of life from that. T40 he finished. Yeah. Where did he shoot so, today, though, specifically? Tough. Uh, he shot great. one under par today. Okay. So we can't really chalk that up to positive or negative probably, but, you know, worth worth mentioning. Uh, I had a couple questions just, you know, as we as we put a bow on this uh, season of championships. Or I guess we're not. Not quite yet. We've yeah. got the Olympics and, of course, the all-important <laughs> FedEx Cup. Shout out to the FedEx Cup, by the way, for having the audacity uh, to, in their narration on their commercials talking about how like history can't be rewritten uh that's rich coming from the fucking fedex cup but that's <laughs> neither here nor there uh quick question who do you think is winning the race to dubai who could pop wrong morikawa morikawa me oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh what it, what were your overall review of of the majors this year what what sticks out most what's uh what's gonna be your lasting memory of 2021 golf it was a mix of two of the top 10 player two of the top five players in the world getting major titles uh and a total out of left field <laughs> still don't understand how phil won the pga and uh, i still there are days where i wake up and think like he did it uh, yeah but there's just some like mental synapses incorrectly he's firing so, he's so good he's so good <laughs> At at golf, <laughs> yes. No, I know. I I know you think I'm joking, but like he's he yeah, he I, is I an all time great golfer. Yeah, of course. And, and he put it together over four days. Like yeah. that's how he won. He's he's so freaking good. <laughs> I, Sally, I think for me it comes down to there's a lot of Bryson. Hold on, Freddie's having a fucking meltdown upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Family vacation, guys, gotta love it. Uh, no, I, I think. Uh, a lot of Bryson hype, right? Like going back to the masters, the, the lead up to the masters was all Bryson all the time. How's he going to play this course? He's going to take par, it over the par 68, 13. Yeah. All of that. And then, um, oh, par 67. Sorry. I'm not, I'm just yeah. now receiving word. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, less so at the PGA, but a lot, you know, and then defending champ at the U S open and then all the, all the stuff this week. And, Kind of like going back to what you were saying, Deej, I think this is probably the best best place to to uh, cover it, is like all the Bryson stuff and the people who are like, oh, you know, all these people are out of line, they're bullying him, da-da-da-da-da. Like he's, he's, he's made these little missteps. No, like that's the point. Like he's made all these missteps constantly over the last two, three, four years, treated his colleagues like shit, treated the media like shit, treated his caddy like shit, treated, you know, like... What was the question again? Like, <laughs> All you know, all like all of the club reps, like shit. Well, like kind of how I'll characterize the yeah. 2021 majors, right? And and I think with Bryson, it's like, yo, man, like at some point, like the onus is on you. Like it's not on, it's not our fault that like you're treating everybody like shit and you're and you're act, and you're acting like a petulant child. Like, and and it's not us being mean to you on social media. It's us reacting to the shit that you're putting out there in the universe, you know. And and it's not because you're doing stuff differently or because uh, you know, like you, you play single length irons or anything like that. I think people would be more apt to like you and care and root for you because you are doing it differently. It's just a matter of the way that you treat everybody else. Like 
you throw it in everybody's face and act like you're better than everybody else and the arrogance and the selfishness and the narcissism that he displays it makes me fucking sick to be honest and to see people on on twitter saying like oh you know like these these people are bullying him and da 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 no like this this guy's making 25 35 40 million dollars a year and then and then and then the audacity to complain about well you know what like i didn't want to be famous or anything like that like when he's making fucking highlight tapes of him cooking eggs in his house over quarantine or all sorts of stuff i don't know it's just I'm, i've been so fired up about that all weekend because it's it's just like it's such a like no like we're the bad guys we're the ones at fault for 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 calling this guy and his bullshit I think that preach it. TC. First of all, that was an extremely impassioned, impassioned speech. It's hard to argue with any of that. Uh, I think like I was saying about Rory, I mean, I, I don't think it's black and white and I think that there probably is underlying stuff and I'm giving him way too much benefit of the doubt on this probably. But where I'm going with that is how far just like a, a little tiny bit of uh, humility would go or contrition or just ever once through any of this ever acting like anything was either his fault or like he had made a mistake even when he issued like and not to get into the semantics it doesn't fucking matter but like even when he issued like his quote-unquote apology to cobra like he never apologized he never said i'm sorry <laughs> he never said like i was wrong i'm i'm so sorry it was just you know i used the wrong words or i'm i hope nobody was offended or what you know whatever he said and it's just man it just seems like either he's gonna bottom out and he's gonna realize like whoa i need to like kind of i need to just admit that i've i've made some missteps here i just god i think people would he's such a uh he's such an outlier like i think people would want to root for him right it's just it makes it impossible to do so it's it's the american way yeah like we'd love to tear you down but then we're, we're like just just show us some remorse and then we'll be behind you like we want to build you back up too or at some point like you don't have to do all the shit that like he's gonna make us tear you down either like you don't have right. to. You don't have to play this role either. Sure, you can. Sure. You can be a, a legitimate, like, just decent human, right? I, I and I'm with you there, Tron. I the, just the one part of your uh, of of what you said, like, um, I, I I think as a society, we're getting a little quick to play the bullying card, where it's like, no, people can just be like kind of twats still, you know, <laughs> like like people can be just dumb and like just shitheads and it's okay. And we can, we can call it that. <laughs> that feels like an homage to your British friends. Yeah. I, uh, I think uh, with Bryson, it is no matter what happens, he can't help but show his true colors, right? He can do a little PR effort to figure something out. If he gets a little bit of time behind him, I'm sure his friends over at golf.com will help us with any of his PR related statements. And, but it's like, as soon as the mic comes on after a bad round of golf driver sucks, like, his team has to just I, he has to drive his team absolutely nuts like he just keeps putting them in awful situations and it's well, going to probably yeah. end with like but also if that never gets fixed like you can't really feel too bad for his his quote unquote team I don't think they can fix him is my point Maybe, like he's just yeah. like unfixable like he no matter what he's going to do something dumb because he just does not have and has not learned any of like we're not talking about a kid anymore like he's an adult yeah. And it just like keeps coming back to like yes. the most trivial. <laughs> yes. Hold on. Can we hear what a kid sounds like? TC, keep your mic open just for a minute. Freddie, can we get a take? Stop calling around on the floor over here. Freddie's, <laughs> Freddie's having a temper tantrum, all sorts of 
craziness going on. I mean, <laughs> Freddie and Bryson are probably similar, similar maturity levels. See, see, I got enough of this shit going on at home. <laughs> I can't be dealing with this when I open up Twitter. But like, that's that's part of the point too, Sally. Like, like uh, Bryson is Bryson's like he's not like a college kid anymore, right? right? But he, you know, like he wants to have it both ways. So exactly, Goose. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the hat is just dumb. Like it's, it's amazing that it's, <laughs> we've we tried the hat for a long time. It, it doesn't, doesn't work. work. You know, it's not going to catch on. I was during the match. I was wondering. I was like, why does he look less punchable? Oh, he's not wearing the dumb hat. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's right. That's it saves it for competition only. So, uh, what um, else? Royal St. George's. Well, I was gonna. I was gonna say. Yeah, we can talk St. George's. I was just gonna say we went into like starting with the PGA last year. We said there is going to be a run of six majors and somebody's going to write is going to change their whole career in this stretch. And we have our guy that did it. <laughs> Check. Check Mark. Colin yeah. Morikawa did it. And Louie had a lot of chances to do that and, and did not, but St. George's, um, yeah, kind of, I, nothing happened today that changed the way I think. I think it is total more than fine. Totally fine. Still probably my least favorite on the Rota. Uh, you know, it, it was really set up really well these last couple of days. I just needed, and it wasn't just the firmness. Like, I needed way more balls rolling into bunkers. I needed way more suspense. Uh, I just needed more bunkers. Yeah, the bunkering there's, there's is just... not enough bunkers. Couldn't get enough yeah. bunkers. Need some cross bunkers. Need some, like, I don't know. It, there's There wasn't a lot to that. Like, like, a lot of people were throwing out, like, oh, would you rather watch this or... Blah, blah, blah. Like, whatever you're going to finish it with, yes. Like, yeah. this is probably still the highlight course watching of the year. Uh, I would rather, you know, a good, a great U.S. Open course probably isn't as fun to watch as a the bottom of the rung on the Rota in the Open Championship. So, I, I don't know how anyone could be offended by any of those remarks. Uh, I would love to play St. George's still. I think as it translated for championship golf, it was just fine. Um, but I, I would don't think it should fall out of the Rota by any stretch of the imagination. I, I thought I, there were some really interesting. Garrett Morrison tweeted uh, some quotes from yeah Mackenzie, yeah, good doctor Alistair McKenzie, who he was kind of shitting all over all over uh, it. St. George's mm. said it was so. a total misuse of land. I don't know how they could have taken such great land and made such a bad golf course. The routing makes no sense. You look at the oh, aerial yeah. images, like what are we oh, doing here? Yeah. I think McKenzie gave it a dog scale zero, <laughs> <laughs> just like embers or whatever. The- <laughs> Uh, Randy, Randy, watch out! I'm I'm up here in the land of the Dokito. Oh, that's right. So that's right. That's <laughs> I watch my back. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, th- I thought it was delightful. I, I think if it's totally baked out, it's a lot more fun. But good, good venue. Um, we got uh, who I assume is Alex Higgs, uh, pro jock, good player in his own right, uh, caddy for his brother Harry Higgs. Uh, even with all the rough talk, so few bogeys. That's my only complaint. Uh, no, like hard no to, messes. Hard to disagree. No car wrecks. Just, like yeah. there was a cut. Like very few. There wasn't. It never felt looming. And that's kind of like not that I would was rooting in any way for Morikawa to fall back, but it just never felt. It didn't feel like the bite was there to bring him back. It was going to take a major mistake for him to even make a bogey, which I don't. The only uh, fender bender we had was Louis, and it was like that could have yeah. happened on any golf course in yeah. the world. You know the the bunker shot, but. But I mean, mm-hmm. gosh, having the open back is was a total delight. That I love the viewing times. I love having my evenings back. Uh, I will. I I get. I had great joy watching this golf tournament. I wouldn't say I had great joy watching the U.S. Open. Probably I felt some joy watching Phil win the U. Uh, the PGA. Um, but this was this was great joy. I just I really really enjoyed it. Here here. Next year next year is going to be tough. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> 
<laughs> Next year is like one of the highlights of the of the decade. Was uh, you, you get a kick out watching them shoot twenty eight under? Yeah, probably. Yeah, they're all playing the same golf course, and it's a brilliant golf course. And there's all sorts of humps and bumps, and like I think the the biggest takeaway for me was the fact that I don't think I'd ever seen the RNA kind of try to dial things up and and manipulate the setup like they did this year. Right? We could have used. We could have used. More. Might have been going rogue though. You never know. <laughs> Sl- slumbers. We could have used more gravity. TC. <laughs> I want to give a big shout out to uh, another friend of the pod, Adam Long, uh, who was feeding us every day the amount of gravities that uh, that the greens were were playing at each year. Which is five gravities, Tron. Do you understand what that means? He texted us this morning, 128 gravities, gentlemen. <laughs> Strap in. I think you need a Duke degree just to know what that means. I well, that's what I asked him if he knew. You know, nine nine point eight sec- uh, meters per second per second, right? In all honesty, Randy, there. Par is truly going to be irrelevant at St. Andrews next year. I'm looking very much looking forward to a ton of par three and a halfs out there. Yeah. Like there's four or five holes that Bryson might be able to drive out there. I think that I know people are conditioned to think that that means easy. Like you could, you could change the ninth hole and put par three on it. If you really want to protect scoring that much, but like play a lot like 11. That was kind of sick today. Yes. There are half par holes out there and it's going to be all, almost all of them on the easy side, aside from 17 really. And it depends on what the wind does, but it will be interesting golf shots that still need to be played to to pass that test to make the birdies. It's not gimme birdies by any stretch, and, and it's and it's playing the ball on the ground. Yes, in a lot of spots too, where those guys are super uncomfortable with that, and it's the most you know like interesting golf to me to watch. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see if any more guys go over. I didn't really track this last time in 2015, but if any more guys go over and play the Dunhill this year uh, to kind of get another look at especially some of the young guys like you know go go over play the dunhill in september october and then you know it's it's after the fedex cup shout out to dj the fedex cup uh wraps and uh you know history is already wrapped for the for the year so just just shout out to peter jacobson and the the true fedex cup (laughs) wrap so uh well i'll respectfully disagree with all that it's (laughs) going to be just a birdie fest it's going to be a little bit of a snoozer i fear then don't watch it. I don't even want to hear from you anymore. This is the greatest golf course in the world. No, I'm in on it. It's a great bit. Keep keep it going. Somebody's got to have the courage to say it. And I feel You're like I, I'm guy. that person. There, there you go. Alex Higgs weighing in again. Harry and I going to go play the Euro Tour to get ready. And Love it. Of course, once they get into the field. And one thing I do want to squash <laughs> is people on Twitter saying like, and Euro Tour does not play Lynx golf. Like no. almost never. No. They, they have the Dunhill. The Scottish isn't even Lynx. Even like someone like Marcel Seam, right? It just yeah. seems like he's been kind of like toiling in like European yeah. obscurity for eight years. He's like, yeah, I just I haven't played Lynx golf like forever. I'm I'm tired of people being like saying, oh, you know, all these PGA Tour courses that are bomb and gouge. Like the Euro Tours. Tour courses are so random, much worse, much worse, not good <laughs> very, tests. Very, very shitty Euro <laughs> tour courses, especially over the last like 12 months. Yes. Stuff that they've had to play like the, the double header in Cyprus. <laughs> Harry Colt was not bucking his head in Cyprus. It is not proper golf. Stop <laughs> saying that. Like this Bad week, greens. this week yeah. is proper golf. Like Lynx golf is my favorite golf in the world. And you guys have so many 
uh, proper golf courses over there, but like the European tour does not play on them for a myriad of reasons for the most I mean, part. Even the fucking PGA, uh, like the BMW PGA that they play in London, they played at fucking Wentworth. Like Wentworth <laughs> stinks. Like you're, you're in the greatest, one of the greatest collections of golf in any region in the world. And you're playing fucking Wentworth. Great custard though. Wentworth as, as, Elking, <laughs> as Elkington told us. It's got the whole ladies locker room. All right. Uh, I think this is. Uh, can we go down the leaderboard? <laughs> absolutely not. We didn't talk Rom. We didn't talk Rom. Uh, yeah, I mean, we just got to give some shout outs to guys that punched above their weight or guys that disappointed. Just kind of, you know, just kind of. We can down. give a so, few shout outs. The more, you know, if you're giving shout outs to everybody, you're not giving shout outs to anybody. All right. I mean, you know, Rom, yeah, Rom, Rom came coming like a freight train. Uh, <laughs> You know, running out of the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> uh, Fratelli hung around. He did. Fratelli was. He never. He's, he's, he's never done this before. He, that's true. He never been there before, according to Zinger, twenty five times. Fratelli <laughs> finished T five at the Masters last year. It was like nine months ago. Sorry. Continue. Uh, I mean, Brooks. Does this does this top backdoor top ten affect his his standing? Brooks, yeah, we hadn't really talked about him, but kind of a disappointing major season, so, it feels like, right? Yeah, so I, I can't tell. How, how like how injured do we think he is? How much is he, of an effect is he hurt, hurt or injured? Right. Hard, to, right. hard to tell. Hard to tell. Because I guess I always resort to, like, it can't be that bad if you're playing. Um, but maybe it is. And, and if it is, it's really, really impressive what he's been able to do this summer. But I guess if you take it from the other side – um, he, he's had some discipline, like he's put himself in positions and then gone away. Uh, how many uh, quick answers as quickly as you can. How many guys total beat Brooks in majors this year? Uh, like 21, 11, 27, nine. Really? He, he, so uh, that's, that's wrong. Sorry. The yeah, last, hell the yeah. last three majors, he missed the cut at the masters. We, <laughs> I don't count that. Uh, the last three majors, he was T2 at PGA T4 at us open T6 at the open. Hmm. So if you throw out the Masters, so, nine guys beat him in the last three. It's hard to call that super disappointing. In the Masters, he was really hurt. Think, PGA, yeah. PGA well, was like the, tough with a ton of starts this year. The hurt, like being injured, that affects your prep. You know, it's it's going to reflect now versus two months ago, right? Um, I, I, I I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to Mackenzie Hughes. Of course, um, you guys need to apologize to him for you know lowest finish ever. I think by a Canadian in the in the Open Championship. Is that right? That's According wild. To Adam Stanley on Twitter. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Good for him. So, uh, DJ very quiet t- uh, T8 this week. You know, I don't think anybody's going to back right home door. about him, but yeah. you know, just kind of uneven. But didn't have his A game. Still finished top ten. Respect there. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> We're getting Bob, rolling. We're, this train's Bob, going downhill now. Bobby McIntyre, my man. Huge top ten. How about that bogey today? Unbelievable shot of the tournament, I would say. Pumping one OB and then he, and then he hits one, almost holes out for for par. Uh, now just excellent, you know, excellent T eight from him. Um, kind of a cadre of of young guys there. You got Bobby McIntyre, Daniel Berger played really well, minus seven uh, T eight, and then Scheffler minus seven as well. So, um, Sally, I think you had some things to say about Scheffler earlier. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I need more time. I, I think uh, Scotty Scotty broke my broke my fucking heart. He, 
you cost me sixteen thousand dollars. <laughs> you got to so tweet at him, man. You got to tweet at him. Let him know. Let him know. If I if I, I wasn't Twitter. If I was if I wasn't preconditioned, I got his phone number. I could text him. <laughs> if I wasn't preconditioned to know that you're not supposed to yell at players that cost you money, I might have done it this week because I I really was that that it is that you do feel that much alive when you're in the heat of it. I believe it was By called the, way, the sweat. What was the, what was the thing uh, like the whoopee cushion sound? Yeah, seventy second hole of the a major. Somebody don't know set something off. Well, Singer said it sounded like a whoopee cushion, which it which did. means it was yeah, which means it was not. But uh, I, yeah, if that would have happened in an American event, you know how much the British fans would have freaked out about that. I I want to say Morikawa. Like we keep talking about how polished he is. I mean, it, the speech he was given for the for the British fans was just. I mean, it was just, they were lapping it up, man. It was great. Oh my. Oops. What's happened? I'm entering studio. I don't know what happened. I just exited. Not acknowledging them properly on Saturday. Sorry, say that one more time. Solly dropped out. I don't know what happened there. Uh, so I was checking I, his I, DFS. I, <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was texting Scotty. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> you really cost uh, me today, man. No, I, I think, uh, you know, Colin certainly made up for, for uh, you know, the lack of respect that he showed to yeah. the gallery on Saturday afternoon. Although, if I have to hear one more time that, that these are the best fans, most knowledgeable fans, the you know, it, it, like they just beat that to death. Right. I want to give a shout out to that guy whose pants were falling down with no shirt on. Uh, every time they say that, the sunburned guy. That that was that was a great look. You can always count on a shirtless guy at the open. You always can. It's the best. Uh, that might be legitimately Tron. That might be my favorite thing of the week. Was your report on the on the British radio and how they're dogging Morikawa for not being gracious enough. <laughs> On the 18th yesterday, <laughs> which it honestly did look like somebody said something to it him. Like did. you got to salute the crowd more than this time, or they're not going to love you. They were they were they were lapping it up from Louis. They're like, you know, he's just such an experienced player. He knows how much this means to these people that have been standing out here all day on this hole. It's like Randy the other day when the the uh, Tour de France rolled in to like the finish of one of the stages, and the dude won by like. 15 minutes and 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 everybody still hung around and those same same deal on that broadcast they were like man like he's really just giving he's so gracious to this audience that 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 hung around even though the leader already came through 15 minutes ago kind of thing you know it's, it shows a certain certain level of of decorum i think I, I will say the crowd seemed very pro Louis as well. Yeah, like totally. a lot of like the you know post shot like come on Louis, come on lad. Yeah. It felt like they were there is some. Uh, so maybe it was a conscious thing for Morikawa to you know. Yeah, he wasn't appreciative of the crowds, maybe right? So, uh, Randy, guess what Xander shot today? Mm, uh, sixty-eight, sixty-five. Wow, really. Yeah, finished minus three for the tournament. Um, couple, couple guys I want to shout out: yeah. uh, Kevin Streelman and Corey Connors showed out in the in the majors this year in a, in a big way. I'd say Streelman probably more than Connors, but very quietly. Just uh, what did Streelman finish? T nineteen. T nineteen. Another top twenty. Uh, that was a very random. You know, I don't think many people pick that going into major season, but he he seemed to show up like at least three out of four. Uh, be remiss you know if I what? didn't mention that. I got a bonus <laughs> pick with Matt with uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. 
Mm. He's, just, he's just not playing well in in the Open Championship. And I think that's, like, he, and he said, it's kind of in his head. He doesn't like the unpredictability of it, all that. And for a guy that doesn't, he's not a bomber. He's not overpowering golf courses. Like, I think a guy like him needs to, needs to step up and learn how to play that style of golf, right? I would think that it would suit his game really well. You know, this golf course being a speed light, uh, this golf course would suit his game very well, but that was, that was not the case. It is unfortunate. Randy, were you bummed to see, uh, uh, Paul Casey goes 70, 70 on the weekend. I was bummed. I was, I was, um, English, English golf didn't really answer the bell. And that's a shame. Cause like I said, they are proud people. Um, but man, they, their record in majors is mucho, mucho, not good. What else? Anything else? Shout out to, uh, Boutros, Boutros, Tringale. Boutros, Boutros, Boutros. He, uh, this was his first, uh, first top 30 in, in, in a major. Really? With he, a, sh- with a shank, big shank. He's been out on tour for he's been out on tour for like 12 13 years and this is his first top 30 in a major. Are you going to apologize for him or what? <laughs> no, I think it's a disgrace. I think the fact that he's won that much money and been able to hang around that long without, you know, like while being that mediocre, it it kind of speaks volumes about the modern game a little bit. Uh, I do want to apologize for Fleetwood. Thank you. Uh, I was very very mm-hmm. high on Fleetwood coming in this week. Finished Finished minus two for the week. T thirty three. Shot seventy today. Yeah, just not not great. Um, hated seeing that. And then uh, Cam Smith really faded today too. Uh, seventy four today for Cam. But I think you know he just hasn't had the the best the best run of it the last couple months. Uh, then lastly, just want to want to give a shout out to the, the bullet. Of course, Marcus Armitage. Mm-hmm. Uh, T53 plus one, just a rock solid week. And, uh, you know, just <laughs> go take care of yourself, big yeah. fella. Go rest. I, I laugh at what we consider like good and not good. It's, it's my favorite. He, he tied John Thompson. <laughs> it was his second major ever, guys. Like, I got to think it was John Thompson's first, but I, I could be wrong about that. He won the Porsche European Open like seven or eight weeks ago. He finished. That ain't nothing. Uh, you know, like he's he's been on an absolute heater. He's got to be exhausted. Let let the guy breathe a little bit, Randy. No, he beat for Chez. Sure. For sure. He beat Richard uh, Bland's ass. Yeah, mm. he should beat Blandy. <laughs> Are you going to apologize for Richard Bland, Randy? Uh, of course I want to apologize for Richard Bland. Uh, and, and, but he tied with Ricky, too. I got a question quick. Is Ricky still one of the best putters in the world or not? <laughs> for sure. 100%. Okay, I feel like it's like a once a once a best putter in the world kind of thing. Always the best putter in the world. That's kind a good of thing, point, right? Like when they yeah. cut to him on a shot, like they do, you know, former number one player in the world. They should be like, yep, former number one putter in the world, Ricky Fowler. It might be one of those situations, like when uh, remember when Faxon a couple weeks ago tweeted out that list of his the top ten putters <laughs> in the history of the PGA Tour. Put Rory out there. <laughs> Hard to argue so, with that. That was okay. so ridiculous. Of all time. <laughs> of all time. Do we want to wrap with any Amsterdam? I'm worn out. I don't you know. Pressure. Too many commercials, pressure. man. Too much pressure. Not enough low shots. Too many commercials. But I don't know. It's the they also had nobody on the ground. So playing through too is horrible. Pressure. Yeah. The, yeah. Playing through on the 69th hole of the golf tournament, you know, cutting away from Louis shots at the very end when six people were on the golf course. It's just 
it's just such a middle thing. I mean, we've addressed this a million times, but like the level at which they're willing to fuck with you, it, it's, it knows no bounds. It knows no limits. Nothing is off limits. I tried to throw up like alarm bells when they didn't show Paul Casey, who had the only chance to tie Morikawa at the PGA when they didn't show that live on the 72nd hole of a major, the only guy that could possibly affect the outcome of this event that they didn't show that live. And nobody really even seemed to care or notice. It was just like, all right, well, I guess we're just going to sit here and this is what it's going to look like for eternity. So the, uh, I think, uh, the fact that they sent Nota as one of their on court, like the six people that they sent, the fact that they sent Nota would just, that speak spoke volumes for me. And I, I will say though, sky was not, didn't, didn't blow me away. It wasn't like a unbelievable more uh, volume of shots shown there than uh, than they, they, than it was. It was fine. It was good. I enjoyed the commentary. I enjoyed the pace a lot better than than a lot of the things you hear. Laura Davies is excuse me, Dame Laura Davies is awesome to listen to and whatnot. But uh, it it didn't necessarily blow me away. But they are who we thought they were when it comes to the coverage. I the the part that really frustrates me though is like you know the cost saving that comes from not sending all of your crew over there. None of that gets passed down <laughs> to the viewer. Like it's just only affecting the Comcast bottom line. Like they sell the same amount of commercials, do the same amount of stuff. And like, there's no benefit to that to the the consumer at all. And it's, it's only going to get worse from here on out from everything I've heard. So do we want to uh, do any F1? Mm. I haven't Actually, watched before we do that. I just, I do want to give another shout out to the, the people on, uh, on the open championship radio open radio it was it was a delight it was a cornucopia of great english wit and vocabulary and um you know one or two americans on there too which i didn't care for but the <laughs> the, the uh the foreigners on there were fantastic i love uh when they they were saying things like the guy's making an absolute pig's ear of this whole uh <laughs> just stuff like that's that you only get that once Every, a year Every time Louie got down to putt or to uh, read a putt, Louie's down on his on his haunches <laughs> reading his putt. Um, so. Yeah, F one. I didn't get, I haven't got to watch yet, but saw the first lap. Um, I only saw the first lap. Uh, is there are there any spoilers in this in this chat? Does everybody know what happened? Well, I I mean I kind of picked up on Twitter, but I haven't watched any of it yet, so I, I don't have a ton to add. I, I, I just I, want to read the, the. Did you see what Verstappen tweeted afterwards? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's all. I, that's, that's all I really want to talk about. What did he tweet? Or I saw the Instagram. Uh, like, oh, he kind of okay. just streamlined it for Twitter. Said, "Quote: <laughs> uh, Glad I'm okay." So if if you haven't seen this, uh, Max on pole position was spun out uh, by Lewis or possibly hit Lewis. I don't. I'm not here to make that judgment call. Lewis was penalized for it. I mean, it was he was found at fault, 10 second penalty for it, uh, which so, really affected him. I'm sure. So Max and I quote. Glad I'm okay. Very disappointed with being taken out like this. The penalty given does not help us and does not do justice to the dangerous move Lewis made on track. Watching the celebrations while still in the hospital is disrespectful and unsportsmanlike behavior, but we move on. It's the greatest, the greatest sport. It's the greatest. It kind of reminds sport. me of Bob McIntyre calling, uh, calling guys off for not not yelling four. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not sporting. And I think know? Karma Karma kind of bucked its head on that one this week, as we see yeah. Bob McIntyre in the top ten. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I haven't watched the race yet, but uh, I'm just, I've, you know, since we started this segment, I've been waiting for TC to apologize for Sergio, and he and is, has not done so. But, but um, I mm. guess Sergio Perez, Checo, yeah. 
No, no, I'm not apologizing for Checo. Okay. It's okay. Listen, we're fine. P16 uh, I do expected. think I, I love the, uh, the whole uh, sprint qualifying thing or the, the, the you know, hundred kilometer uh, thing. I, I, I like it when they mix stuff up like that. It was good. And then George, you know, Georgie, Georgie qualifies well and then gets boned with a, with a penalty. Really good question there from John. Did they send Max to the hospital just to keep him away from Lewis? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be... It's it's a perfect thing to happen at this point in the season. You know, well, like amp up that drama. It is, and it's kind of, I mean, gosh, it's kind of worrying a little bit, to be honest. Like, you, what the quote that I think Hamilton's had beforehand was like, yeah, Max is one DNF away from this thing, from this race, be, or this this championship race being really close. And then he crashes him out on the first lap. It's kind of like... Fuck, man, like that, it seems like, all right, well, now Max owes him one in general, and like if they get to the last race and Max has a lead and can crash Hamilton and knock them both out and win the title, like that's what happened with Senna back in the day, uh, like that seems very unsafe. And Max's crash today was like not good. No. Like scary. He walked away from it, but like didn't look very good after it. And I don't know, it seems a little, a little feisty. Apparently many people saying we got to look up Horner's post-round interview sounds oh, like really? it was very spicy mm. <laughs> i think we gotta go do that let's let's get I'm to it for that Any, anything else a uh, couple of I, I two other things. Fun there Ro- rose zhang completely just detonated detonated everybody in the final like all all week it was a complete tour de force and then want to give a special <laughs> uh what? she did not hold on she did not de- detonate paula miranda that, that went to extras. Yeah, that was the only one that went to extras. Otherwise, everything was, she just ran away with it. I watched a little bit of it on streaming. It was fantastic. Uh, and then Anna Morgan, uh, who our friend Joe Zwickle was caddying for, uh, down at Pinehurst. She the North and the South. Of the North-South. Um, I don't know who won the North-South, but I know Anna made it to the finals. <laughs> that, well, yeah, we'll, we'll bring you the answer to that question next week. <laughs> Tune in again. That and more. That and more. <laughs> So, wrap, uh, Randy. And, and, good yeah, luck to your Reds lastly, tonight, man. No, they already they're losing. Oh shit! In the land of that. Lincoln, uh, big big finish in the, land, in, in the land of Lincoln on tap. Taylor Moore shot sixty yesterday with pars in his last two holes. He's got a two shot lead right now. But young hitter Justin Lauer's t ten right now, mm. trying to get it inside that top ten. He's I think he's twenty six, twenty fifth or twenty sixth on the points list right now for corn Ferry, so trying to get him through to the to the pga tour next year godspeed to him that would be uh, awesome i'm gina kim won the north south so not our not our not our girl anna unfortunately congrats to gina yes if you're looking for one more thing to root for uh david lingmurth is just fell back to t13 was in the top five at the barbasol needs like a top three finish to get into the corn Ferry finals uh and Friend of mine, I'm very, very much rooting for David. He's had a very tough go of it. This would be one huge. Everyone's almost one huge week away from changing their career, getting it back on track. So I'm, I'll be watching that one closely. Indeed, so the, the, the Irish would, would uh, jump all over us if we were remiss and didn't mention Seamus Power. He's currently T two. And JT Poston's opened up a four shot lead down there. So two year exemption comes to that event. That's going to be interesting one to watch this afternoon. All right, boys. But, well, it, it might it? be. It might be. It, very, it, it could be. Some lives could change. We're getting close to 125 now, finally. I mean, that's, that's true. There's that's a couple true. more weeks of, of seeing who's going to keep status and whatnot. But 
Um, it's been a pleasure covering major championships with you a lot. And uh, thanks to everyone for watching the live shows, tuning in, giving us shit on Twitter, giving us shit in the comments, giving us shit just e- in eternity. Greatly appreciate so it. We've got so. what? We've got we, we've got what this week? We've got... Uh, Who could say? 3M. 3M. And then and and the, the Olympics. Olympics the following week. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the Olympics cool. is next week. Next week. Oh. And uh, Evian's this week on the LPGA, right? Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that tournament's a real tournament. I was going to say probably the, the most exciting tournament left on the calendar is, is the women I mean, at Carnoustie. I can't yeah. wait for yeah. that. Yeah, cannot wait for that. So, awesome. All right, All right guys. guys, take care. Cheers, everyone. Days are quite long, all along, sing the open song.